Welcome, gamers, to Basement Arcade Pause Menu, the show where we hit pause, sit back, and just chill. I'm your host, Ben Magnet, and today on the show, I got not one, but two guests who have been on the show before. The first one I'm going to introduce, he was on the show very recently. By when this comes out, he was on the show two, uh, two episodes ago. He is the man with the awesome headdress, the man who we bow because he is a pharaoh. Ladies and gentlemen, Ron the Pharaoh. How's it going, bud? Like I said, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Like I still feel like I need to like bow. It's like it's like, do we bow? He, he is a king. He's a king. <laughs> like I said, you ain't got to do all that. I got to see you. You know, I'm the pharaoh here, man. We, I'm, I'm still, I'm just like you, man. Just like you. <laughs> but Ron, you're not the only gentleman on the show today, right? For returning again for his third appearance from the Retro Blast podcast, Patrick Brickhouse. Welcome back, dude. You're not sick of me asking you to come on the show? I am not sick of you, man. Thanks for having me back. It is a pleasure as always. Of course. I feel like I should start like a frequent uh, podcast program when you guys like come yeah. on. It's like, come on Base Arcade Podcast X amount of times and then on your 10th visit, Ben buys you a video game when you come visit. <laughs> oh, I was thinking maybe like a free sub. Like I'll give you a card and you stamp it. Just make mm. me a sandwich. I'm cool with that. Mm. That works. That works too. And it might be yeah. easier to send money for a sandwich than they yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, gentlemen, today's main top or today's like main topic or topic, whatever we're gonna because you know the you know the show. We rant, we tangent, those aren't just welcome, they're encouraged. But today right. it's a show that I've been wanting to do for quite a long time, pretty much ever since the inception of Base Marricade Pause Menu. And because this form of video gaming is very near and dear to my heart. Audio listeners, you can't tell, but I'm wearing my very one of my favorite Game Boy Advance, or not Game Boy, not my Game Boy Advance. It's a Game Boy Color T-shirt. I absolutely love the shirt. Today we are talking about handhelds, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Sega Game Gear, Atari Lynx, Tiger Electronics, the Nintendo Switch, and you know what? I'll even throw in mobile games because technically you play those with your hands. You hold yep. those in your hands. So yep, that's a solid point. Today is all about the handhelds. PSP, PlayStation Portable, uh, the PlayStation Vita. I actually have a Vita now. So mm. uh, oh. everything and everything that has to do with handhelds, we are talking about today. Because, gentlemen, aren't handhelds pretty handy? Yes. Oh, yeah. oh yes. they are. Yes. Oh, yeah. GT Dubs, that's going to be the title for the episode. <laughs> you were waiting to drop that. You oh. have. <laughs> I thought about that weeks ago. Yeah. And I was waiting, and I am very patient. Mm, hey, <laughs> it works. Yeah, it's oh, well, yeah. It's well done, well played. All right, so I'm going to go around the horn. Uh, pretty much, gentlemen. Let's just start with Ron. Ron, what was the first handheld you remember ever having in your entire life? Oh, I would say a Game Boy Pocket. I was about maybe seven, eight years old when it came. Well, when I actually first got it, uh, it was a Funko Land nearby my place. You know, about 15 minutes where I originally lived at. You know. Uh, I think it was a birthday present. It was my birthday. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember getting a green Game Boy Pocket in Mortal Kombat 3 and um, Super Mario Land. And that was like oh, my first ever one? memory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. Yes, yes, yes. You know, yeah. That's cool. You still have it, too. That, that's really dope. Um, yeah. I got a story about this and another one, and I'll tell later. But, yeah, please continue. Um, but, yeah, I remember actually um, getting Mortal Kombat 3 because I was a big Mortal Kombat fighting game fan at the time. Mm -hmm. And Super mm -hmm. Mario Land. I got both of those games. And, like, just playing it, like, you got to think we have a Game Boy in your hands, like, it's it's like a console, but it's like you know, just actually playing it, you know, just in the palm of your hand. Like, especially if you know you have to go to bed and whatnot. Like, just let's say if like you no know, one o'clock in the morning, you still want to game and whatnot. Your parents go say nothing. You can just play it right there. But the only thing about the Game Boy was the problem that was the fact of batteries. You know, now yes, because with the uh, Game Boy Pocket, it takes uh, two AAA batteries, which was not bad. But like compared right. to double A's, it was a little bit more niche though. You know, but it, it did the job. 
But running out of batteries back in the day was a pain. It definitely oh. was. <laughs> oh, it man. was. Oh. Yeah, what about you, Patrick? What was the first uh, handheld you ever had? Well, uh, I I brought mine as well. So I have my first. Now, this is, I think, Ben, you've seen this before. but this Yeah, is my it your CIA? This yeah. is my first. Ooh. Right? I know. Okay. This is a prized possession. But I had an original Game Boy. Um, this is another complete inbox I have. I do have my original Game Boy still in an old travel case. Okay. Um, that the back has fallen off of, and there are duct tape smears on it from where the latch broke. Uh, but that was my first. And I got it on Christmas morning uh, one year uh, with Tetris packed in and could not put it down. I played it pretty much every day. And I had friends who had Game Boys as well. Like that was the, that was the toy. You know, uh, everybody wanted one. And so uh, I had friends who were all playing it. We'd, we'd meet up together on the playground and trade games with each other yeah. and all that kind of thing. It was just like a, you know, it was mind boggling at the time. So that was my first and still one of my favorites. I'm also a big Game Gear fan. I did bring my Game Gear uh, as well. Uh, that is also taped up on the back because those latches just break. <laughs> I, I don't understand how that always happened. But the when when you mentioned Ron the uh, the battery problem, the Game Gear, oh boy, oh, wow. used to awesome. destroy six AA batteries like it was nothing. So, um, but I love both of those systems. Those are the ones that I remember the most, and and I played a lot of uh, Tiger handhelds as well. Yeah, I, I think I actually differ because I feel with a lot of gamers, their very first one was a Game Boy. Like, yeah. yes, the Game Boy was one of my first handouts, but I think my actual very – now, this isn't my actual original one, but my very first handheld gaming thing ever wasn't a Game Boy, but it was the Tiger LCD electronic yeah, game. Yeah, Ooh, classic. There were so many of those. They were – I remember going to Toys R Us, and there were – just rows upon rows of tiger games just oh, yeah. so many to choose from jurassic park sonic the hedgehog full house the disney princess yeah. whatever big yeah. disney movie was out of time anything yep. anything they would let them license they would make the game out of it and they were very affordable too you know because like either that or nothing you know our parents could afford a game yep. way back in the day unless you were actually lucky so the yeah. tigers were actually the next best thing yeah honestly yeah and i mean the games were super simple right but at the same time you would well, at least back then, you know, I had a couple of those and I would just try my best to master those games, even though I half the time didn't even know what was happening on the screen. Me either. You know, because I'd play and be like, what is, am I doing this right? Like, it was very difficult to play those games sometimes, but they were, they were kind of cool with all the little, like the branding on them, like the one you just showed with Sonic. Yep. You know, just, they look cool. I don't know. I yeah, they do actually. look cool. They look cool, but they're also... Um, they're also just so simple, but it, they're simple to a point where you also get confused because um, like the one I just showed, my Sonic the Hedgehog 3 one, I still don't know really how to play that game, even though I still yeah. have the manual. <laughs> yeah. I haven't because I yeah. have to. It was a gag gift from my friends last year. I have that Transformers uh, Generation 2 and mm -hmm. X-Men Project X, but there's just still there's a lot of button combinations on that on that mm -hmm. small little LCD screen. And it's like you have it's I was playing it when I first got it. And I was like, man, I remember these just being a lot more simpler, but this is actually a little hard. Yeah, they were yeah. kind of difficult. And they like, moved slowly guys... and, you know, but yeah, they were I... they were kind of a cool novelty. And they're kind of cool now to have as well. There are some that I'd like to go back. You know, obviously the ones that I had, I think I had like, I had Castlevania. Mm -hmm. I know I had that. And I had um like an American tale, Five Goes West. Oh, I yeah. love that movie. I had that. And I have like a couple of others that I can't remember, but I've been wanting to like get on eBay and see if I can find one that's a couple of those that are like working and actually have a couple in the collection. Cause yeah, they were fun. You know, back then that's like, like what Ron said, they're just, 
you know, if you wanted a new game for Game Boy, or if you wanted a Game Boy and you couldn't get one, like those were those were cheap, and you could oh, convince no. your parents most cases to get one because they didn't mm-hmm. expect so much. It was so much easier to convince my parents to get me a Tiger game than it was to convince them to get me a Game Boy. Eventually, they did get me a Game Boy. Yeah, but the way I got my Game Boy was my brother got his Game Boy Pocket first. He got mm-hmm. a see-through, like because back, this was back in the late nineties, transparent. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yep, got, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he got a see-through Game Boy Pocket. Now I don't know why he got his first because normally when my parents buy stuff like this for the both of us, they buy it at the same time, so that mm-hmm. way one won't be without one won't be left down the cold, so to speak. My yep. brother got his, and then my mom looks over and sees a, a ad for a Game Boy Color. Oh, and my mom looks, and after she buys the Game Boy for my brother, I think Donkey Kong Land 2 was the pack and title mm. at the time. Mm. And she looks at me and she asks me, it's like, okay, do you want to wait for the Game Boy <laughs> Color when that comes? Because I will get you a Game Boy Color and, you, and you'll have that besides your brother. Or do you want your Game Boy next week? And me mm. being the impatient idiot I was, I yeah. said, nope, I want the Game Boy now. And, and, no, and, just give it to me now. I don't care. Yeah, and that yeah. makes sense too. I think you know, as kids, though, man, you know, we want your stuff now. It's like you know, my brother has yeah. it. Why can't I get it though? I'm not gonna wait. You know, six months. You know, I, yeah. I want to play it right then there. So. Yeah, I just over, like there was um there was like a, a, an advertisement for the Game Boy Color on the side. I can't remember what store I was in that had this, mm-hmm. but it's like Game Boy Color. And I mean, I could read at that point in time, but I'm still like, uh, I was in like what first, second grade or something. This I was yeah. like really like seven years kid. old. Yeah, I was yeah. under 10 years old. So, yeah, I knew what it meant, but I thought to myself, I don't want to wait. I have to wait yeah. so long for my birthday, for Christmas, for all this fun stuff. Yeah. I don't like waiting. <laughs> now, as yeah. an adult, I say, like, if a company comes up and says, hey, we have to delay a game for, like, a few extra time. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. It's I a little easier now. Yeah, and I think right. what it is also though is like you know as an adult we could just buy a Game Boy whatever we want the yeah, if sure. your budget's right. But as kids though, man, you know, only thing we have is the, you know birthdays or Christmas. Yep. That That's was it. Exactly right. Yeah, it's either birthday, Christmas, or by some miracle you get a really good score in your report cards. And your yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. It, it, oh man, it's like okay, yeah, you got like A's and B's, you got no C's. We're gonna get you something nice for the summer. You did good at first. You did good in school this year. See, there was mm-hmm. that, and then there was I had. I remember one of the games that I wanted more than anything, and it's still one of my favorite games on Game Boy, was Super Mario Land 2. Ooh, uh, classic games. game. Yeah. And it had just come out, and the, they had those ads on TV. It was the first appearance of Wario. Do you guys remember the commercial? There was It was uh, Wario, like, and he was, like, animated, and he's got, like, a weird hypnotizing thing behind him. And yeah, he's, like, you, spit you get his mouth, very and like, ah. naughty. And it was the first time I'd ever seen Wario, and I was captivated by it, and I was like, is this this is really cool and they showed the gameplay and i wanted that game so bad it was like you know probably spring or something like that there were no birthdays coming up nothing like that so i saved up every single penny i could Mm. i would uh you know do obviously i did all my chores and i would go around the neighborhood and ask to like mow people's lawns (laughs) things like that and i saved my money and then eventually had enough and went and got that game that was a good feeling that was dope that's dope that's what i mean that's what you did i mean like then you'd have to find ways to just make money because oh yeah you know, there weren't many other ways to do it when you're a kid. It's like, yeah, yeah. I can mow lawns, I can rake leaves. Ah, that's about it. I well, can't. I remember. I remember when I was in high school, because uh, both my dad and I, we, I got stupid lucky once again. Uh, my dad and I, we both had Harleys. I got my Harley when I was 16 years old. Wow. wow. Once again, stupid lucky. 
Dang. Every time my parents, my friends ask me how I got my motorcycle when I was 16, I said, because I do good in school and my dad loves me very much. Mm. I better say 16. Yeah. yeah. Cause he, he had Pretty one, cool. he had a Harley too. Cause ever, he had a Harley when I was in middle school and I thought it was just like the coolest thing. And it was a part of my drive to get my driver's license yeah. so I could get a motorcycle. And yeah. so my dad and I can go on motorcycle rides, but when I ever, whenever I needed, like when I was like short on cash, I needed money. I would offer my dad to wash his bike for 20 bucks. Hey, that's a hustle. And and he would do it. And he, um, he was also, he's, he's now a retired peace officer from the state of California. And there, and when he would go to the range, he would have to clean his firearms and now just stink up the whole house, but he hate doing it. He absolutely despised it. So one day I go up to him and was like, Hey dad, um, I'll clean this for you for five bucks a gun. And he's like, done. Ben, you so, were a much better hustler than I was. Same here. Because when I would go to my dad, see my dad, he would. My, this is this is taking me back. But like, whenever I would want a game or like a, or something like that, and I had to do my chores, my dad was like raised military. His my grandfather was a soldier, and like it was like super. That's how it was. My dad was kind of like that too. And he had a big chart in my room. He had a chart in my room that was like white. It was like one of those dry erase boards, but it was like laminated on a schedule. And if I did all of my chores, all of them, the deal was that I would get $5 once a week. And I would have to save that. And that was like doing, God, he made me do, we're talking like hardcore chores. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm like, man, 20 bucks for washing a car. That sounds like a dream. Especially as a kid, you know. (laughs) That's pretty great, honestly. Like, you, you had it down. Yeah, well, yeah. well, funny enough, my father is also a former military as well. And also, yeah. we Veterans Day just happened. Uh, Ron, thank you for your service. Happy belated Veterans Day. Because yes, I, didn't, I didn't know you used to serve, and, and now I do, so thank you. Um, yeah, because when I would clean my dad's weapons, um, he would, like, inspect them army style, whereas he would take a cloth, and if oh, you yeah. snap down oh, any yeah, smidge of dirt, I have to do the whole thing over again. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, yeah. Uh. But yeah, uh, those were those. I mean, he loved me when I did it. He was he was just happy he didn't have to do it. He, he didn't have to do it. Yeah, because clean and weapons can be annoying. They can, they, can, they can be. But trying to get money for for games or even just for systems, especially when I was like super young, yeah. was so hard and so difficult. Especially when um, because eventually I got I got my Game Boy Color, and yeah. the only and the game I got it with it was Godzilla. I have I still have it to this day. Um, I, I'm a huge Godzilla nerd, and when I saw there was a Godzilla game at Best Buy, yeah. I had to have it, and I played it, and I couldn't get past level two. Is that like is that the Godzilla game where he's like kind of a little cheapy Godzilla? Yeah, it's yeah, a little it cheapy yeah. Godzilla. He's like and a little cute Godzilla. All the monsters yeah. are coming after you, and you don't get your yeah. atomic breath. You don't get anything. You just punch stuff. It's a puzzle yeah. platformer. <laughs> yeah, and you punch stuff. Godzilla fights monsters by punching, not by breathing on them or doing all the cool stuff that we yeah, know Godzilla to do. World. And what's also cool when the Game Boy Color came out, you know, if you kept your old Game Boy games, that was compatibility. So, you know, yeah, you know it just worked. I think one yeah. of my friends who got a Game Boy Color first and this and because I I remember them talking about, oh, yeah, they were playing Pokemon on a Game Boy Color. And they're like, wait, you can play Game Boy Color games on a you can play Game Boy games on a Game Boy Color. And they're like, yeah, it, it just brings like a little more color to them. And when we figured that out, because when we saw the Game Boy Color, we thought, oh, those are only Game Boy Color games can play on that. Because eventually they did. They eventually, Nintendo yeah. came out with Game Boy Color games that can yeah. only be played on a Game mm-hmm. Boy Color. The transparent ones. Yep. Yeah, yep. The, tra- the transparent ones with like the little hump on them. I think I have like Mario Tennis in my, or Mario, yeah, Mario Tennis in my, th- in my uh, mm-hmm. drawer. But 
we didn't know that when I was in 1998. Yep. So yeah. I just thought, I was like, wait, you can do that? So, of course, when we found that out, we begged our parents for a Game Boy Color, and my mom actually played the cards. Like, you know, I asked you. You said no. Mm. Yeah. they. I remember when the um, – one of the things that, that I loved around the time when the Game Boy was so popular, before – I think it was maybe right before the Game Boy Pocket came out or something, was the mm. Super Game Boy. Mm. Uh, when you uh, would put that cartridge in your Super Nintendo and then you could play yeah. your Game Boy games. And I remember renting a Super Game Boy for really? Blockbuster. Yeah. To oh, use it. And I was like, you mean I can play these games in color? Of course, it wasn't like full color. It was like you could pick different templates that were like maybe more yellow or red or something mm-hmm. like that. But that was super cool. Um, and I, I I loved being able to play my handheld games on a big screen because, again, on the old Game Boy, which is what I had, you had to have like full light all the time yep. or, you know, sitting under a lamp or you didn't play unless you had like a worm light or something like that, you could use at night. So it was nice to be able to just sit and actually play them on a big, well, big screen. It was a tiny TV, but it was much yeah. better than just the handheld stuff. Uh, ben, do you mind if I get my Super Game Boy? Go I actually have one. one. Yeah, yeah, I've got one too. Let's grab it. I'm actually, I'm actually kind of envious because I never owned oh, yeah. like an actual... You know funny? I never owned a, a Super Nintendo growing up, so I never really I knew... I should have put like a display out. There you go. Let's rock this, them out there, Ron. Yeah, let's get it. Nice. Very good. What you got you in there? Oh, uh, it's the average wrap. It's a flash card. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I have one of these. Because you know what's funny? Because like I never actually owned a Super Game Boy growing up. I, I didn't get one until mm-hmm. about last year. Because uh, one of my fellow really? streamers gave this to me. It was a gift. Oh, you know? Nice. So yeah. Um super but, cool to have. Yeah. And this thing's still very affordable. Like what 20 bucks, give or take, you know. Yeah, they're not like, expensive. They made yeah. a ton of them and they were cheap to produce back then. Mm-hmm. The, the, so only, the only Game Boy the only Game Boy player that I know today that's still stupid expensive is the Game Boy player for the Nintendo GameCube. Yeah. And I think, oh yeah, oh yeah, because yeah. mm-hmm. you need the 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 base thing and the disc. But what I yeah. love about that is that it's not just beholden to Game Boy Advance games. It's it's what I love about the Game Boy. Actually, my that, this brings me into my next question: What's your all your all your guys' favorite handhelds? Because my favorite handheld has to be my the Game Boy Advance, Ooh. especially okay. my uh, yes my mm-hmm. uh, Game Boy Advance SP. This is a one one model that's reshelled. I I love showing this thing off. It's shaped, no, those are great. Uh, yeah, yeah super Famicom around. design. Yeah. yeah, it's a super Famicom design. And to me, this is like the best handheld ever made because not only does it have an amazing library of um of GBA games, like you got Golden Sun, you have the, the remakes of the uh, of the of Super Mario World, uh Super Mario 2, you got uh, you got uh Legends of the Minish Cap, a great Final Fantasy Tactics was on this thing, so many great um RPGs and games on the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the thing is, every other Game Boy game ever made works on that one yep. device, and that's yeah. a so vast it, library. The, yep. So it tripled it. Like the second the Game Boy Advance came out, the library was tripled. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, all these games you can play on this one system. You can yep. play game. You can play Pokemon. You can play Game Boy Color games. Doesn't matter. It works. Yep. It's a solid it's choice. Me. Yeah. And to me, that's it's my it's my absolute favorite. Don't get me wrong. I, there are other handhelds that I absolutely love that we'll get to we'll get to talking to. But to me, the GBA is the best bar none. It is. You just get, you just get so much bang for your buck with the GBA, yeah. you know. And yeah. especially nowadays, you know, with the original uh, design, even on the mod, you can you can get the IPS screen mod it that way. Bam, it's yeah. the backlight. That's right. Yeah. yeah, there there's a lot of sellers. Um, I actually not long ago, actually, I, I never had a Game Boy Advance. Um. I when I those came out when I got into college, 
Mm -hmm. uh, the first year I was in college, I think, is when those came out. And I spent my money on uh, GameCube stuff because I got into GameCube and yeah. that's what I was into. And actually, I was at that age, too. I think after Game Boy and uh, Game Gear and all that, I kind of just fell off handhelds for a while because I was more, you know, I was like wanting to play adult games and like yeah. more graphic yeah. intensive games. And Xbox was out and PS2 and all that. So I was kind of I took a step back on a lot of the, on a lot of that for a while until later so i missed a lot of the gba stuff until later mm -hmm. um but i got onto etsy and i was looking at um, a lot of sellers on there are selling gbas not only the original model and the uh the, the model that you have right there with new screens right new brighter screens and and that are not super expensive and i'm probably thinking i'm gonna get one because being able to play all of my old games you know uh, with a bright screen that I don't have to sit under a light with, like the yeah. first GBA. And that's another thing mm -hmm. that kind of turned me off the first GBA, you know, was the the dim mm -hmm. screen and, and an original one. It's kind of hard to see oh, yeah. um, on those, but the backlit screen is fantastic. Um, but I may have to do that because yeah. there's so many games that I missed on GBA that I've seen afterwards. And I was like, yeah, I really want to go back and play those. Namely like the Castlevania games that are on there that, that I have never had a chance to play. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, for, if I had to choose a favorite, I mean, it would be a pretty hard tie between the original Game Boy and Game Gear for me. Mm. No, no, those are respectable. The game, the, the original Game Boy, when that first came out, I remember, I forgot who I was watching. Um, I think it was the Scott the Waz or maybe the, mm -hmm. the completionist. They were doing an episode on the Game Boy and they had, uh, they showed a uh, newspaper clipping on how, like, I, I want to say it was like from the Chicago Tribune. Yeah. When they reviewed the Game Boy. And they were trashing the Game Boy, saying, "Really, this is really oh, this was back in 1989." Oh, okay. No, no, the newspaper article was trashing it. Scott the Watt, the, like the, the YouTuber, wasn't right, saying right, right. Mm -hmm. about it. But because back in '89, you have the the Game Gear and you have the Lynx, both of which full color screens, oh, backlit screens, yeah. and the Game Boy was just this brick with this monochrome. Uh, puke green yeah. color palette to it <laughs> with no backlight with nothing yep. and they're saying there's no way in hell this this system is going to survive compared to the game boy and the Lynx. oh and how wrong they were and how look, wrong they were exactly and look here's even thing here's the wild thing about it as well the turbo express came out you know it was actually was a um, portable yeah. t16 yep. crushed that yep. you know in a second nomad crushed that yeah like, the, the nomad game was so cool the no i wanted a nomad so bad they were so, so cool. The fact that you could play an actual home console game, a cartridge on a handheld was pretty wild. Yeah. Sega had some. Oh, yeah. Sega, I'm, I'm, I'm a Sega fan for sure. Like, oh, yes. Yeah, especially in more recent years, I've come to appreciate Sega so much more for what they did and, and how they tried so hard to like get the edge on Nintendo, which they did eventually for a couple of years. They, they had the market share. They did. The Nomad was something like, are you kidding me? Like they're, you can play your Sega Genesis games in the car. Like that's, that's insane. That's way, way ahead of anything Nintendo was doing at the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunately, Nintendo still had that grip. You know, the, the Game Boy was just so popular. The Game Gear did okay, but it never, you know, it never surpassed Game Boy sales. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's because of the when going at the tech specs or looking at the tech specs to power a yeah. Game Boy, you only need four AA batteries. That sucker yep. lasted 18 hours. Yeah. Even yeah. with the Game Boy Pocket on, on two AAA batteries, that sucker lasted 18 plus hours. Yeah. 
like you, you were talking earlier, we were talking about the Game Gear because I had a Game Gear for Same a here. very brief moment in time. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I went to a retro game store close to my house and they had a Game Gear. And I'm like, what's that? Even though I know yeah. I played one once before as a kid, I had no idea what I was touching. But I saw the Sega Game Gear. I'm like, this is a portable Sega. I yeah. want this. I yeah. saved up my money. Well, it's a portable it. master system. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. portable. I didn't know what yeah. the master system was at the time, too. Because I neither. got. I got Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for my Game Gear, and I'm, I'm just like, I'm playing Sonic on the go. And uh-huh. then when I got the system, and I realized I needed six double A's. Even my parents were like, hold on, you need how many batteries? Six. Yeah, that's not yeah, cheap. You got, yeah, because you have to get back then. They, you know, I used to try and buy, you know, a bunch of batteries. It was actually pretty yeah. pricey, you know, it and was? like parents go buy batteries all the time. I mean, you yeah. can get, you know, AC adapter, but like even then, that was even more expensive. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we I did end up saving up and getting an AC adapter for the Game Gear, and I would have to... It, kind of defeated the portable purpose because I would have to sit against the wall. Right, you're restricted. You know, I'm sitting there playing like against the wall with my Game Gear and if I wanted mm-hmm. to be portable, I got maybe, and, and this is realistic because I remember taking this, uh, my Game Gear, in the car on long trips. We had a, my grandmother lived very far away. We only went maybe once or twice a year and I would I would take my Game Gear with me and play Sonic 2 mm-hmm. um, or NBA Jam or Mortal Kombat. That's what I had. So uh, I would get maybe, and I'm not exaggerating, and maybe I, my dad just bought the cheapest batteries he could. I don't remember, but I got maybe three or four hours out of it, and then it was oh, six batteries. Yeah, six AA <laughs> batteries. And my dad was like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." He's like, "I, you know, we're getting rechargeable batteries," which he did. He bought these old rechargeable batteries that I could use. He used them as well, but they would take back then. Those rechargeable batteries would take a full day, yeah, or longer to charge. So once they were dead, you couldn't play anymore. You had to wait at least a day for those batteries to charge yeah and but and i would say my first memory with the game gear uh, i was about eight nine years old now um, which towards us back in the day you know because mm-hmm. i actually want to get sonic 3 for the sake of genesis but unfortunately you know um, they didn't have it but yeah. um, the thing is you know i was like you know mom get a game gear you know and the first yeah. game i had was sonic chaos that's my first game okay like that me and me machine also had um dynamite my eddie and, and I, just, I just constantly okay. played that, you know? Yeah. Because the uh, the really wild thing, y'all, is the fact I never owned the original Game Boy. Like the DMG-01 model, never owned it. Mm-hmm. But I had a pocket, though. So, yeah. The pockets were better. I mean, honestly, I, I as soon as the pockets came out and I got to play one, that kid at school had one. He had a red one. Mm. And he let me play better. Uh, it was, uh, uh, what was it? Um, oh, gosh, what was the name? It was a fighting game. It was the Samurai one, the guy with the big hair. What was Samurai it Showdown? Samurai Showdown. Yeah. I showed down on Game Boy and I, it had it actually had the gray and the black color instead of the green and all that. Yeah. And it was clear and it was light and it just felt good. And I was like, this is just it's just the better model. Like I would rather oh, yeah, overall overall. Um, I do love the old fat Nintendo, uh, you know, Game Boy, but the, the pocket mm-hmm. was of that model before, you know, I think was probably the best one. Yeah, the pocket. I mean, because it, it actually fit in your pocket. I remember yeah. when I was very like before I even got this back. I want to say maybe 94, 96, I was yeah. visiting my grandmother. And what's just like you, because my grandmother lived super far away. I lived yeah. in California. She lived in Montana. And oh. we drove to Montana. Oh, boy. That's, that was a long ass car ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you Yeah. When my parents finally got us Game Boys, they were like, peace and quiet, finally. I mean, yeah, you can <laughs> yeah, like they'll, they'll little shut chip up now. Right. on our Game Boys when we were driving up, but there were times where they were like, they had like a four and a five-year-old in the backseat of the car, and they're like, yeah. oh, I, I, just, yeah. I can't believe my parents survived that. 
But that's all kids be need. Just you know something to play. Yeah. You keep pop out. In front of our face, man. Give us something entertaining, and then you got peace and quiet all day. Exactly. Like, we're bored. Give them a Game Boy. They're fine. That's yep. probably why they give them. Nowadays, a lot of parents give their kids tablets, but that's neither here or there. But yeah. I remember my cousin playing Super Mario Land on an original brick Game Boy. Yeah. And I think it was my mom who asked him if he would let my brother and I have a turn at it. And he said, sure. So we started a game, put it on a new save file. And I was just like, I didn't realize what I was holding. I just knew that I was at a family function. My cousin decided to give me, to loan me his Game Boy and I'm playing his game. And I'm like, yeah. this is cool. And I didn't even know it was Mario. I thought it was Mario, but I'm just but like you guys know, the graphics in Super Mario Land One, the first one, beloved mm-hmm. game. I have it. I am so happy I have it. But like the Goombas just look like little dots. It's it's yeah, yeah. and it was such a that was back when Mario hadn't really become. Well, I think you guys would probably agree, but back when uh, we had the original Super Mario Brothers, and then when we got Super Mario Brothers Two, Super Mario Brothers Two, obviously we know that's a that's another Don't game. Panic, yeah. right? Up. So they, but then you had all these new villains. There was no Bowser. There was, you know, all these new enemies, shy guys, all that kind of stuff. And so Mario was still kind of pretty loose with what the canon was and what the world was. And Super Mario Land is just all like Egyptian setting. It's all like, mm-hmm. you know, the fair, like Ron, this is a topical conversation, buddy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I remember going like, okay, so the main boss is now a, a little alien in a spaceship. That was the main boss of the game was, it was an alien. And, uh, you know, they had like the backdrop with the pyramids and all that. I'm like, okay, so Mario is now in Egypt and he's doing this kind of thing. Like it was just that they were loose with that. And then now we're on brand and we've got exact, you know, Mario games are all usually kind of in the same mold, mm-hmm. right? There's More always yeah. and Peach yeah. and all that. Same, uh, it was kind of cool. That game also introduced Luigi's girlfriend, Princess Daisy. Yep. Daisy, yeah. It was from Super Mario Land where Daisy got introduced. And then Super Mario Land 2, you get Wario. And then... Uh, Super Mario Land 3 was actually Wario Land. Yeah. No Mario in Super Mario Land 3. Yeah. It's only Wario. Yeah. Super Mario Land 2 was was one of my favorites. It still is. That's, that's yeah. such a good Game Boy game. It is, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine called me up one day and she asked me if I was interested because she knows I'm a I like collecting retro games. I'm also collecting a lot of handheld stuff right now. Yeah. And she's like, Hey, I got a bunch of Game Boy games that I don't want anymore. Do you want them? I'm like, what do you have? And she shows me. Samus, uh, Metroid 2, Return of Samus, which Samus. Is right there. Um, mm-hmm. Tetris, Great Super game. Mario Land 1 and 2, Kirby's Adventure, Pokemon mm-hmm. Yellow. So mm-hmm. many games that I wanted or wanted again. I had Pokemon Yellow when it first came out as a kid. I loved it, but I lost it. It fell mm-hmm. out of my luggage coming mm-hmm. home from the airport. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. It vanished. It was like, now it's there, now it's not. And yeah. I was so mad. Because I actually got to the point in the game where I got Charmander. Mm. Oh my god! I was like, my team is coming together. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm able to beat Brock. I'm, I'm on my way. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. Where's my, where's Pokemon Yellow? Whoops! <sighs> mm, gone. Yeah. Gone. And what's also cool, um, we know with uh, ROM hacks nowadays with uh, Marlin One and Two, you can play them in full color. They call Marlin <laughs> DX. And that's so it's dope. super weird too like it's it, when you're so used to playing games that are like that were built that way right for for the old game boys with just the black and white or black and green mm-hmm. um it's it was weird even playing them on the game Boy color because game Boy color doesn't uh, just obviously doesn't make them full color but it does kind of like what the super game boy did and just gives right. them a little bit more 
it's, which is it's, nice. It's accents. It's yeah. It's like accents. accents. Yeah. It's like like you said. It's not full on, full blown, shiny. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, here's a little something. Like if you put in Pokemon Red, it's it had the game has a bit of a red hue to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you put in Pokemon Blue, it has a bit of a blue hue to it. Yeah, yeah. So it's still in theme, but it's not like brazen. And I still think that's that's totally fine. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's just uh, for me when I first you know experienced them that way, I was like, this just looks a little weird to me because I was so used to just looking at the puke green screen all the time, <laughs> all the black time. and gray only, you know. And we yeah. had, I'm telling you, I had. My my Game Boy looked like a like a Frankenstein's monster at one point because I had one of those um, attachments. It slid on the top. You would slide it up on the top of the Game Boy. It was like a big bulky battery pack. So, oh, it was a battery four. pack. What's that? No, because I was thinking you were gonna talk about the the Game Boy the advancements for the Game Boy or the advancements or the yeah. enhancements. I should say. Yeah. Where it's like you had this giant honking thing that goes on the top that's exactly what it was the screen up. Up. all of a sudden you now have stereo yep. sound for a game yeah boy. i know what you're talking about I have. magnifying glass for the screen yep. that's what it was light, and the light is a piece of crap it was that's exactly what it was so the brick that you put on the top would actually so it had a it had the screen that would go over the game boy screen and then it'd have a little magnifying square that you'd flip up Mm-hmm. And it had, I think it took two AA batteries for that thing to be powered and it was heavy. And so I had that on there and I'd have to like really use all my strength to actually hold the Game Boy. And the light was like a little yellow light that would come from the side. So if I wanted to play it at night, I could use that and I could see a little bit better the screen, but you had to hold it perfectly. If you moved it like this, it would distort the picture. So yeah. it was just, and of course I had like my, those earbuds that came with the Game Boy that would rip your ears apart. They were the cheapest earbuds you've ever owned in your life, but they were, that's what I had and they hurt, but I used them anyway. Cause my dad was like, can you turn that down? No, so, yeah. I never, I either played my Game Boy sound on full on either full in the middle or I just turned the sound off entirely. Same here. I, I Same never man. put headphones in. I mean, yeah, I love eight bit chip tunes because nowadays you can make so many, so many things today with today's technology yeah. in eight bit or 16 bit tunes. Like I remember one day a friend of mine just texted he sent me um like a Nintendo Sega does Genesis does when Nintendo mm-hmm. and then Sega Genesis what da, 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 and eventually it turned into Neon Genesis Evangelion. And just kind of <laughs> pure like, that's, it was that's like, a change. Yeah, it was like from Genesis does when Nintendo, Genesis da da da, da Genesis da, 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 Neon Genesis Evangelion. Mm. You went down and the just out of sheer curiosity, I'm like, I wonder if there's like a uh, if there was ever like a Genesis, an Evangelion game, because I was just watching the anime. We, it was one of our big specials for our 200th right. episode. We talked all about uh, Evangelion. Yeah. And I found someone made a Sega Genesis chiptune version of the Cruel Angels thesis. Oh, that's cool. The song wow, actually Evangelion. The wow, whole cool. song is just 16 bit chiptunes from a Sega Genesis that should sound like it's from a Sega Genesis. Yeah. It sounds amazing. I love it. That's awesome. I do love chiptunes as well. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Now yeah. speaking well, of back Sesame, then, I was yeah back then I was kind of like, nah, I'm good on chiptunes. I don't need it. <laughs> now speaking of accessories, the Game Boy camera. Which I thought about that. Oh, oh yeah, God, the Game Boy yeah, camera. yeah, yeah. That oh, the, oh actually, so cool. uh, Ron, did you ever see what your favorite handheld was? I feel like we skipped you. Oh, the Game Boy Advance all day. You know. Okay, Game Boy Advance. Um, all right. Because actually, my first Game Boy Advance I was about 
10, 11 years old. And I, I Monty sent me one in the mail. It was actually all black. And I remember the first game I actually remember playing was uh, it was like a Butterly Marshes kind of game, something like that. And it wasn't bad. That's all I had. I and over time, I, um, I got Legacy Goku 1 and Metroid Fusion. And I played that oh, game to death, y'all. Fusion, man. That's man. a good game. Like, I would say as a kid, I was like really close to 100% in that game back when I was a kid. You know, it's like that game just really just, you know, just sucked me in. The creepiest you know? Metroid game ever made. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys both know my history of Metroid Fusion. I know I told you yeah. and I told you yeah. what happened. And exactly. I definitely told you now because we talked about this on our oh, yeah. own episode. Yeah, we did. That Fusion yeah. is my favorite Metroid game of all time. I look, don't get yeah. me wrong. Dread is now Dread is now really up there, but yeah. Fusion, man. Fusion. Fusion's good, man. Fusion is Fusion is a dark turn for Metroid. I loved it. I mean, I, I, even then, when I, when I played Super Metroid for the first time, when I turned the game on and started watching the, the opening task screen, I was like, are those bodies on the title? Those are dead <laughs> bodies. Oh, yeah. On the title screen of a Nintendo game. Right. Yeah. And Metroid's one of the darker dead franchises, people. too. Yeah. Yep. And even then, even in Metroid Fusion, that's a dead body. They're zombies. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was, yeah, I just want to make sure that uh, Ron told us what his favorite console is. Game Boy Camera. Holy crap, that was a cool thing. And it was. I never owned it. Printer. Yeah, there's a printer with it too. Yep, yep, yep. You could print out pictures of your face. And they, Game Boy. No, no wonder our generation loves taking selfies so much. Because we, because some of us had the Game Boy Camera yeah. and the printer oh, yeah. as a kid. The Game Boy Camera, they, were, they had so many plans for that thing. I remember um, when uh, Perfect Dark. You remember Perfect Dark came out? I actually had that game too for the Game Boy Color. Okay. I actually had it, yeah. They had a plan. What they what I had read in a magazine, and I my friends and I kept trying to figure it out when Perfect Dark came out, was that you could take a picture of your face with the Game Boy camera and somehow upload that into the game and put your face on one of the characters. Hmm. That's what we had read in a magazine. And we were like, how is this even possible? How do we do it? And we were trying to figure out every different way how we could possibly do it. And it turns out someone... Had no idea what they were talking about. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I was like, that would have been cool to kind of do. Of course, I don't know how that would have worked very well. Um, but you couldn't really do a whole lot with the Game Boy camera. It was just kind of a cool novelty, I think. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It's just, here's your face on a Game Boy. How cool yeah. is that? Take a picture, print a sticker, give it to your mom, and call it a day. Uh, yeah. Does it work for Super Game Boy as well or no? What's that? Yeah, does I it think it's Super did. Game I Boy. Super game. Did I have a Super Game Boy? No, no. Does it, it work with the Super, with game, super game, game Boy? Oh, does it work with the Super Game Boy? I, yeah, I, I think it know. does, right? I have no idea. Probably, I would say if I, had to, if I had to guess, I would say yes. Because, I mean, the Super Game Boy yeah. is just a Game Boy that is yeah, plugged into a, to an SNES. So I would have to say it works. Yep. So you just might not be able to print print it, print the pictures. But no, I'm curious. Yeah. I feel like I need to try it out. I'm still pretty affordable nowadays, too. I feel like some YouTuber tried that out once. I feel like someone tried it. And it's just like, here's my picture of the Game Boy camera on my television screen. It's not that good. <laughs> no. They did some weird stuff with the Game Boy. Did do either of y'all have have you ever seen the uh, the Game Boy sewing machine? I've heard I about heard that. about that. Have you seen them? Well, I don't know what the deal with that was. I'd never heard about it when I was a kid. I just heard about this like maybe a year or two ago. But you can see like Game Boy colors implanted into a, a sewing machine. I think that was a Japan hmm. only exclusive, but was I also it? know. Yeah, I want to say that was Japan only. I could be wrong, but I pretty wild. <laughs> and also, <laughs> um, the Game wild. Boy Light was on uh, Japan exclusive too, right? Yeah, Game Boy Light was Japan exclusive. Mm -hmm. So there, they, yeah. How come we didn't ever got we our backlit screen came with the Game Boy Advance SP? Was Japan had one for years? What the damn hell? Of course they did. Because oh, yeah. because it was cheaper to produce 
and sell sell to a country where we have way 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 more people i guess mm -hmm. that makes sense i always think about that where it's like you know they they're trying to even if you look at the the super nintendo uh version that we got in the us compared mm -hmm. to what they got in the uk which mm -hmm. is more like the famicom it was a cheaper it it's lighter it was cheaper plastic it was just cheaper and, and easier to produce. So I think we got we got kind of shafted in the North American market sometimes. When yeah, it comes we did. To like the actual build. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, you, I've talked to people from England and Australia because they have the PAL version, the the PAL versions of the Super Fam of the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Of slash Super Famicom, and it's yeah, the Super yeah, Famicom yeah. design. And every single time I've talked to them, they yep. say it's like, man, America got gypped. We they did. Got, they got the shaft when it came to to yeah. the to our design of the console. And I'm like, you know, because I, I grew up loving, I grew yeah. up with Super Nintendo. Okay, when I say I grew up with a Super Nintendo, I grew up with my next door neighbor having a Super Nintendo. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I never owned one until my, I never owned one far right besides my Mini, but I grew yeah. up with that color scheme. Every time I saw a Super Nintendo controller, it Wonder was right. purple. I have a geeky jersey in my closet that's a Super Nintendo jersey with the color, with the purple color scheme. Yeah. That's yeah, what I grew do. up with. I love that. But the second I found out that there was a multicolor one and a yep. cooler looking console, it's like, why do we get that? I like the multicolors. That's why my GBA looks like a Super Famicom because it's yep. got the cool colors. It looks, it's just, an, it's a better looking console and the build quality is better. The cartridges are better. I still love the one that we got. Obviously, I grew up with it and I love it. And I, and I think what it is as well, because with the American Super Nintendo, the X and Y boards are concave. They're not convex. That's so right. that's actually uh, a Death of Edge too. That's right. That is very true. And then, then the logos on a lot of games, you can still see that old uh, logo that had the uh, the colors that were on the, the Famicom pad, but they used it in the American marketing. So I never understood that. I was like, why are yeah. what is this logo supposed to represent? It was supposed to represent those four buttons. Yeah. Uh, F-Zero is a prime example of that because exactly. the main four cars, F-Zero, had the four colors of Super Famicom. That's right. So, yeah. 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 So, so one thing I will I know we're talking about handhelds, but one thing I want to push, I want to push back a little bit on are the cartridges. So like, here's a Super Famicom cartridge. Yeah. A, thanks to my roommate. But one thing I like about the American cards a little bit more Ooh, is that you can cool. read what the game title is from the top. That's fair. Yeah. That's yeah, fair. Yeah. I will I will concede that. I actually have I have to label every single one of my N64 games. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, have, I have a pack of stickers that I <laughs> labels that I bought on eBay and I've I've done that because I I prefer end labels, obviously. Yeah, me too. Um Same yeah, that too. was that was a weird choice too. But I mean, yeah, you're right. Don't, you're right. don't get me wrong. These uh these super Famicom they're nice cards. Uh, they are. cartridges are gorgeous yeah and, but once again i grew up with a, an original or yeah. what, i grew up with these style of carts the sn the, the american snes carts oh yeah so to me this is just nostalgia like, yeah it is it is nostalgia but do mm. not get me wrong whenever i saw a super famicom or pal carts i'm like hey cool pal carts yeah but one thing i will say that we have is because the top label we can read what the game is that's because right now yeah. like these are my roommates games these are not mine they're in <laughs> they're stashed in my drawer but i can at least read what the snes games are but i can't i have to actually pull the thing i was yeah. like where did i put that one game because i alphabetized them all yeah it's really nope. annoying <laughs> one thing i'll definitely say about the super famicom carts opposed to super nintendo ones the artwork because so i feel like to me personally oh, yeah. with the super famicom carts they're more in tune with the game itself because yeah. if you look at you know mega man you know x2 the actual north american box heart it looks so much different in game yeah. As how it is for the Super Famicom version, but it actually looks just like one to one, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. like the marketing Audio, in the U.S. was so different. Yeah, funny you mentioned Mega Man X two. That's the Super Nintendo game I pulled. Yo, out. man. Yeah, it's yeah. a great game. Yeah, that art looks just absolutely gorgeous. And there are times I'm looking at the Super Famicom art, it's like 
there's a lot of stuff going on here. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's all, I guess it's all like personal preference too, because like I've seen, like what Ron said, I've seen some Famicom carts and their artwork and I'm just like, this is so much better. You know, mm -hmm. there are times where I'm like, this looks so nice and it actually does represent the game. So, you know, in the US or North America in general, we got a lot of artwork that didn't really give us an idea of what the game was going to be like. It's just catch your eye and that's how marketing worked. You know, it's just- Yeah, Phalanx like, is the prime example of that. Like Phalanx yeah. for Super Nintendo is just like that. Like the I actual cover looks not like the game. Yeah. It's yeah. so different. Got rival turf. I can name plenty. And I know we're going off on a tangent, but it's just making me think of bad video game box art. That <laughs> the original uh, Mega Man. The original okay. Mega Man is is amazing. That box I will give a pass to the original <laughs> Mega Man art because once again, that was back in the 80s. They didn't know what because they well, couldn't they really have no time to do it. They said, they here's the also, game. And he's like, okay. Also, yeah. they're still going off of what uh, I feel that they're going off of Atari art because they're trying to make the game, the box art flashy as all heck, even when the game itself doesn't look anything like that like come on look at the box art for something like say so uh um sword quest like the box art yeah. the sword quest games that we actually got that yeah. was that box art or missile command even the box art is gorgeous it's like this is amazing you plug that sucker into an atari nothing oh it's yeah just, it's like what the <laughs> hell yeah but i see what it's it called sense. the art of atari yeah a the atari art was the box art it was like that on NES too for a lot of games. There were, mm -hmm. and I love the NES. That's where I started gaming. But mm -hmm. I still, I all go back and be like, God, these some of these games have aged very well, and some of them have not. And I remember seeing box art for certain games and being like, Man, this looks so awesome! And then being like, This game sucks. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> but start playing it. And like, this isn't you fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the thing. You had to rent them from Blockbuster or something. But anyway, oh, sorry. Man. I know we're those were the days. We tangent a lot on this, but you no, know. we do. Oh, we do. Yeah. Hey, that what I said so many times before. Every time I email someone about coming on Posmania, tangents are not only welcome; oh, they're inevitable. They're encouraged. They're inevitable. Nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Wrong. Especially oh, yeah. And of course, we're sitting here talking about video games. I love talking about stuff. Oh, yeah. So we talked about our first ones. We talked about our favorite ha ones, handhelds, what I mean by ones. And what were some of – do you guys have your least favorite handhelds? Because I certainly have a least favorite handheld. Mm -hmm. I actually have two. But when I say least favorite, I'm not saying it's the worst one. I'm not – when I say least favorite, it's not like this is crap, this is garbage, no one should ever own this. It's not like that. Uh, it's mostly because of how much it sucked the battery life, and that is, unfortunately, the Game Gear. It is my least favorite, not because it's a bad system, far no, from it. Right. It just destroyed batteries, and it mm -hmm. came to a point where, because I remember when I had my Game Gear, I never touched it after, I, I never touched it again, and then it just got lost to time. Yeah. Bummed me out, but I never really saw, I never saw games for it because I didn't know it was a portable master system. I wasn't yeah. really, like, I wasn't much into, into retro gaming like I am now. So if I like if I once again hindsight 2020, if I known I would have taken better care of it, but it just got to a point where my parents didn't want to keep buying me double A batteries to yeah. power my game. Understandable. Gear. So it just went by the wayside. Kind of like how my PSP went from went by the wayside because we didn't have a lot of good games with it until yeah. much later when we realized, oh shit, there's a lot of good games for the game PSP. Right. And the and our PSP became my brother's way to circumvent going on MySpace when my parents banned him from the computer. Right. Mm. Uh, I, Ooh. hard, that's a hard question for me. Cause it is, I'm, if I have to think of least favorite, you know, obviously I, there's, there's some that kind of don't necessarily fall into the category mm -hmm. um, that I'm trying to kind of think, you know, I, I remember, okay. There was, um, 
there were there was one that was called the uh, I think it was like the R Zone or the Oh, oh man, I know what that is. That okay, is it, was, trash. it was red line. It was like red lines, and the yeah. advertising for it was super cool. And and I would see the it has the scope, right? It had like yeah. There was one of those. Or... There was also a handheld version of it. Yeah, like, you know, the model, yeah, or something mm -hmm. like that. But now it was I, just I was, bad. No, because I was actually like as much as I aired, I just ragged on the game gear game gear is still not a bad system oh no if i had to say what a truly the my least favorite handhelds would be the the tiger electronic games yeah because i mean they're not because they're simple they're, yeah. then look at the early game and watch games the game and watch games were something you can just you were on it you're on a train they were made because for businessmen who are on a train going to work and they just wanted to kill 20 minutes yeah exactly like, hey, let's yeah. see how long it could go Whereas the Tiger games, they try to put full-fledged games in and turn them into arcade-style arcade games, yeah. but they aren't that good, and they I were would... made for cheap. Because, like, yeah. speaking, of, you know, speaking of Tiger, you know, I think, like, one of the dumbest designs besides the R-Zone were the Risk games. Who remembers those? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That was the stupidest those. design. Like, that was not they new. Were, you know? that was like game so on your gimmicky. watch. That was so gimmicky because there were kids that had those. And they would be like, yeah, look, I've got, you know, this game on my watch. And I'm like, you can't really play these games. Like, the buttons are tiny. You can't really – they were the worst. It was just to show, like, hey, look, I got a game on my It's a novelty. Yeah, that's all it is. Totally you know? It's like when you see those tiniest arcade cabinets at the grocery, at the store. I yeah. mean, do I – would I buy one? Hell yeah, I buy one. They're cute little desk toys. But I'm yeah. not going to buy a Galaga um, tiniest arcade to play – to solely play Galaga on it. It's there no, because it's, it's, a, a it's a mini arcade cabinet. <laughs> And for shits and giggles, you can play go a few rounds of Galaga on there. You guys know what it's all about, though. It's all about meeting your friends on the playground and showing them your cool stuff. And it was always yeah, like, yeah. hey, check it out. I can play Sonic on my watch. Can you? And I'm like, no, I have a Casio. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, but that, was, that was like, that was what people wanted to do is show off their cool little gadgets. Yeah. I do remember one handheld that we didn't talk about that maybe, I'm not sure if you guys ever played one, but I do want to bring it up before I forget. When I was in high school, uh, a good guy, a guy that I uh, had a class with who was always at the front. He always bought the new stuff that came out. He was one of the first people to get a Dreamcast when it launched. And he was like, okay. you know, one of those guys. And he had a Neo Geo Pocket. Oh, yo. I, that is so I underrated. Loved. I would love yeah, to No play. one ever talks about them. And I, That's I so like, underrated. so cool. And I, I you know what game play. I played on it? Metal I've never, I never even seen one live. I've never They're seen awesome. Neo Geo Pocket Color. I've never seen Neo Geo Pocket or a Pocket Color. IRL. And it was a color. It was a Neo Geo Pocket color. It was. Yeah, it was, it was, cool. it was um, and he had Metal Slug on it. And he was like, hey, do you want to play it? And he handed it over to me. And it was, I was in 10th grade, I think. And I was just sitting there and we had a break. It was like a free moment. And our teacher did not care at that point. Like, he was just that kind of guy. And I was playing. I was like, this is unbelievable. Like it it was, it felt like like a PS1 almost kind of like, I mean, it's Metal Slug, so it's not yeah. 3D or whatever, but just smooth gameplay felt oh, really yes. good. And I was like, this is really cool. And I wanted one, but no one ever talks about them. And I know they didn't have a huge library, but they were really impressive little consoles. Yeah, especially you know, for like, you know, main, you know, main to SNK style games like Samurai Showdown, King of Fighters, and stuff yeah. like that. It's a really yeah. good console. It is. Um, I'd like to ben, have one. Yeah. Ben, there's one game I want you to check out for the Neo Geo Pocket Color Sonic Pocket Adventure. That game is so okay. good. Check it out, please. Oh, they had that on the Neo Geo Pocket? Yep, it's called Sonic Man. Pocket Adventure. Okay, cool. I heard about I've heard about Sonic Pocket Adventure. Well, because also um, I, I did I did pretty much ninety percent of my Christmas shopping yesterday. Oh, and okay. at one of the places I went to, um, they had their sell because they SNK put out 
a, a collection of Neo Geo Pocket Color games for the Switch. Yep. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten it yet. Okay. But for someone like me who's never even seen a Neo Geo Pocket Color and only knows it through looking at books and talking to guys like you, I want to play it so bad. Yeah, you should totally. If yeah, you definitely. can get your hands on one, like an actual one, if you ever see, if you're ever interested in actually owning one, and you and you come across one, you should grab it because they're really unique. And there's not, you know, everybody has a Game Boy or a Game Boy Pocket. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people have a Neo Geo or, no, no, right. or anything like that. They were they were solid consoles. I think. No, Neo Geo is definitely one of those consoles that it should have had a more it should have a bigger impact on the market yeah. outside of Nintendo and Sega. Yeah. But unfortunately, the the Neo Geo the, the at home system itself is just so stupid expensive. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, man. Yes, yeah. Had it. <laughs> oh yeah, those those cartridges were gigantic yeah right? it's just arcade boards that's what it yeah. was it was an arcade yeah. board that you have in your home i mean awesome you have Super a main arcade in your home but at the same time how much money did it cost you to put that there no, right no, as opposed no. to the competition you know what i'm saying parents yeah. are, i want to spend that much money as it is so yeah no, god do you want to spend over that kind of stuff back then yeah i think i remember um when i talked because i did like a little uh thing for snk it was like a, a little history lesson with my with my podcast friends, and my and I talked about the Neo Geo system. And my friend actually looked up how much it cost adjusting for inflation. Yeah, it was like a twelve hundred dollars system. Yeah, Ooh. back in the nineties, it sold for six hundred. Six hundred back in nineteen ninety whatever when it came out yeah. was twelve hundred dollars. Now, yeah, and we have a PS five and Xbox and even a Switch can eat that sucker for breakfast and yeah, it's serious. Cost. but at the time and that's the thing that's like with a lot of those consoles there was like the the what was it the 3do and a mm-hmm. couple other systems that were stupid expensive back oh, then yeah. but they were banking on like yeah well we'll just give them we have the cd technology we can do all this all the graphics that people just buy it the games were awful mm-hmm. you know a lot of the times the games were awful yeah. and um people they just banked on people looking at it looking at the price tag and thinking well this is obviously the best so I'm going to spend all this money and get the better system. Didn't work out that way. Right. Now, I want to ask something real quick. Sure. What do you consider the Virtual Boy? Is a handheld console? Okay. That's, I unironically love the Virtual Boy. Uh, I wanted one very badly when it came out. I could not get one. Um, played the demo in a Toys R Us. Had to put my yeah. face in a, in a kiosk <laughs> like this and be like, you know, and I'm pretty sure that contributed some, to some back pain as I've gotten older. But um, I, no, I, they marketed it. As a as a handheld, they marketed it as a portable system, but it was not. You know, it was not a portable system at all. But I would put it in the category because it was the games that you're playing on everything. I, I think it's not meant to be a console, right? Mm-hmm. I would call it maybe kind of a hybrid in between the two. But I never thought of it as a portable system because you just couldn't do it. You'd have to strap it to your head. Yeah, kind of like a VR. Didn't even come now, they never gave you a strap. So. Yeah. Virtual Boy, I would, I would put it, I would put a big giant asterisk in Virtual Boy and put it in the, in the portable category, only because yeah. I want to say when they were de- designing the, the Virtual Boy and the reason why they call it portable is because you don't need this attached to a television set. Right. You That's just true. need makes sense. Boy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, you have to have it plugged into a wall, but at the same time, this is back in nineteen ninety what when it came out ninety five. It was like 94, 90. I think I remember seeing it in a magazine in 94 when they announced uh, it. Or yeah, it yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, for sake of argument, let's say 94. Like in 94, TVs were giant. CRTs mm-hmm. are still obviously the biggest thing. That's the only TV. And those things are heavy. They're big. They're giant. Uh, you can't yeah. look at yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like today. It's <laughs> not like today where right. I can look up on my 32, my, my 
70 my 50 some inch tv and just like easily take it one place to another no yeah you have to have a whole separate truck just to haul your big ass tv back then right so the fact that a virtual boy could fit in a case and it was even yep. a lot more smaller and compact i mean yeah it wasn't like a game boy or a game gear where those could fit into a big enough pocket that thing was still easier to walk around so i would say yes it's portable but with a giant asterisk next to it yeah yeah, but not oh, in yeah, a World Series win, which I can see. Yeah. That, yeah, and it's not comfortable to play. It's it not. When I say I unironically love it, it's because I remember when it came out, and I remember everybody talking about it mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. reading about it in the magazines, and then nobody bought it, and then nobody played it, and I, I just, you know, when I've played it since then, it's like the most uncomfortable experience, you know. But it's mm-hmm. still there's something about it that's so charming because it was like, such a misfire. It I, was such a bad idea for Nintendo to release that thing. But I, that's why I love it. Yeah, I think it's, I think has bad execution, but it still has some good games like Wario and Virtual Boy. They're solid games. Yeah, yeah. The Virtual Mario Clash, if you took them like, off of it, if you took them off of it and played them any other way, they'd be still great games, mm-hmm. right? But it's like you have to play like this, you know. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's not very yeah, convenient, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That's right. The game, there were some really, it's kind of sad because there are solid games on there that never got anywhere else after that. Right. So they're, they're stuck there. So when the 3DS was announced and it said glasses list less 3D, like you don't need 3D glasses yeah. to experience 3D, I feel like Nintendo missed a huge opportunity to bring back or even to remaster the virtual boy games Ooh, yeah because you could have had the virtual games on there because you don't need the 3d glasses you can have this the depth perception which is what the virtual boy yeah. essentially offered that's why it's like virtual reality it was just a faux 3d effect yeah and now that you have one built into your system as its main gimmick it'll be perfect i mean you can like remaster them put actual yeah. color in it so it's not red and black. Like out and eye red yeah, and I feel like Nintendo, because yeah, Nintendo with the Virtual Boy, that's their biggest console. They feel theater. shame. They feel shame for it. Yeah, they feel shame for, sure. for it. Whereas now, I feel like they could have. I mean, now unfortunately, the 3DS is discontinued. They're not. I mean, the only way it's being uh, supported is through the eShop. Thank God. Um, but essentially, they just try to sweep the Virtual Boy under the rug. The only time they'll bring yeah. it up is in memes. Like I remember when Nintendo <laughs> announced the World Championships again for E3 2012. Uh, then president of America, Nintendo America, Reggie Fizeme, was playing a Virtual Boy as his part of his training montage. Yeah, all right, that actually, I, and I think he had one in his office too. Yeah, yeah, like he had one sitting up because, yeah, you lean into it. Yeah, you messed mm-hmm. up. They, they've made a few mistakes, you know, yeah. and they they've released consoles that even I, I still like, but they just messed up. You know, yeah. we can go all day about the Wii U. I love the Wii U. I think it's a great console, but they screwed that up big time. They did. Right? Just did. Yeah. And then the Virtual Boy was worse though, because the Virtual Boy, they just, if you look at it like in a bubble, if you go back and look at it and, and look at the sales figures and just nobody was buying them. They don't, nobody was like, this looks like something I want to get for my kid, you know, or that anybody would want. It just wasn't. And so they, it was a colossal failure. And Nintendo has always been that kind of company where they're like, well, we don't want to bring up our failures. We don't want no. to talk about it. No, you got the sales uh, impact on the console it. market. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, lean into it. Go like, yeah, you know, we kind of screwed up with the Virtual Boy. You know what we're going to do? We're going to release every single game ever released for it because there's like 30 on Virtual Console. Have a great time. Exactly as they were. You know, I would buy that. I swear. Here. Especially Warrior it again. I'll definitely buy it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, I think. Hello, Boxer. 
I want I want to say Patrick that I think there were less games on virtual. I think there was like 12, 12 in total in the oh, entire there, library. There were there were more than twelve. There were, there were more than twelve. I could yeah, well, I could were, be wrong. I so. could be off as far as like the the exact number, but I think it's close to thirty. But that was a total library. Yeah, which means there were no others, and I'm, there might be a little more, a little less, but there mm-hmm. were more than twelve. But, but uh, or I could be wrong. I mean, I, well, you I know what? Be it might be, you might be right on the thirty. It might be worldwide okay. because I we might have gotten less here in north america whereas japan got more because that happened that happens yeah. yeah that does like i remember because even when, uh, nintendo switch, <laughs> when nintendo when the n64 came out here like when it was uh released for the nintendo switch online service they put up a a localized japan only exclusive nintendo 64 game that we never got and that was on sudden punishment right uh yes yeah, punishment. punishment yeah yeah because there's a lot of times where nintendo's like we're not gonna release this in america and then all of a sudden it's like well, us Americans are like, what the hell, man? That looks awesome. Well, oh, yeah, it is. Sitting Punishment is amazing. Yes. That game is so good. My treasure, such a good game. Yeah. What you got, so, Patrick? I, I just found some interesting information. So mm-hmm. in the U.S., there were 22. Oh. And so I was wrong, but it was, yeah, 22. Of these, eight titles were exclusive to Japan uh, and three to North America. North America and other territories saw 14 releases in Japan, Hong Kong, and other territories had 19. Oh, so wow. so wow. we're talking, let's just say around about 20 games were ever released. Yeah. That's Ooh, insane. That's that insane. Nuts. Which means they abandoned it pretty quickly, and they did. Um, and uh, the thing is, they're so expensive. Now, I a local game store got one in, perfect, complete in box, and they're, I think the tag's on it like $800. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's very priced nowadays. You know, yeah. collectors want it now. I want it. I'd love to have one on my shelf. I mean, but, if I, it's not one I absolutely am dying to have. It's one of those things if I find it at a, if I find <laughs> it at a garage sale because I remember some yeah. someone posting something. It could have been Twitter, could have been whatever, somewhere one social media website where this guy went to like a church charity uh, site or a charity thing and yeah. he was looking at games and I guess the pastor was talking to him. He's like, "Oh, hey, I actually have this really old game system in the back. I'll sell it to you for ten dollars if you want it." Comes out with a CIB Virtual Boy. Wow, that's amazing! I, I would have bought that in a second. Yes, yeah, for ten bucks. For ten bucks, absolutely. Yeah, the uh, now this is post I saw it probably years ago, but once again I looked at it I was like that is a Virtual Boy for ten dollars. That is yeah. a steal. Because um, I'm glad you bring it up because on one of my virtual stores, I think it was like around last year, it was a sale Virtual Boy for thirty fifty bucks. You know, not uh, it's not thirty more, but they had it at one yeah. point in time. Mm-hmm. That's where I would. Oh gosh, it'd be hard to turn that down now. Yeah, uh, for one, because the prices are just so insane. But mm-hmm. yeah, they, I don't know. They, I would, I would totally buy those games though if they released a pack and said, "Here's all the North American released Virtual Boy games. You can buy them for twenty bucks, you know, oh, or thirty bucks." I would do oh, yeah. it. I do. Right. I still, I still think Nintendo had a missed opportunity with re-releasing the Virtual Boy games on the 3DS because that would have been yeah. perfect. Oh yeah, would have been nice. Oh, but and instead, they decided like, hey, let's release other NES games that are five, you can play it five different ways to Sunday already. Yeah. What game? <laughs> I love you, Excite Bike, but yeah, yeah, right. that's very common. You can play it anywhere nowadays. You know. Yeah. Same with Super Mario Brothers. When yeah. I got my Game and Watch, I just I put on my Instagram stories like I could put with my uh, Game and Watch. I could play yeah. the original Super Mario Bros. eight different ways. Yep. In my household alone, almost as many as Resident Evil Four. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, <laughs> almost, almost. Or Skyrim. Or Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's getting close. That's that's a different tangent already. Um, 
So out of curiosity, what was the one handheld that when you played it in your, the, in your you held in your hands for the first time, absolutely blew you away? You were like, Ooh. "Holy crap!" Mm-hmm. This because I, I have one because I have a story real quick. And I would say story, for me. Oh yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Go for I would it, say for yeah. me the DS because here's okay. the thing because um I didn't own a DS until a little bit later on in my life. I was a PSP guy, so mm-hmm. I really appreciate DS like that. I actually got a DS yeah. around like 2016, 2017, like much later on, you know, and just playing, you know, the DS, I still made it so popular. One, dual screens, you know, yeah. um, better battery support in so many freaking games, like, you know, yeah. Heart Gold, Soul Silver, Mario Party DS, uh, New Super Mario Brothers, like, yo, like the DS had so many different games. Yeah. And this is during the time, you know, where I stopped playing like handheld for like a long time. But I just want to see what was, what was popular about the DS. Played it, I actually got it one time, and it really, you know, shocked me. Also, um, online support now at that yeah. time being online wasn't really you know banging there but like just yeah. just actually looking it up and just seeing the online gameplay with the ds like i was just wanting to you know besides the gba the ds is definitely a close second like i, I oh, still make the ds yeah. so popular the, what's funny is that the ds when it was uh when it was announced and when all of the magazines were reporting on it all of them were saying the same thing the psp is going to dominate nintendo this time they were all saying oh, the no. PSP was going to dominate. And while the PSP is an awesome console, I, I, I think the PSP is a great handheld in, in a way. It had some flaws, but it was really cool. But um, the DS, they were all like skeptical, like this is just not the way Nintendo should be going. And this dual screen gimmicky, blah, 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 stylus, nobody cares. And then all of a sudden it's like everybody has a DS. Very few people have a PSP. So Two it words. Was, it's just always how it goes. They always just downplay Nintendo doing their weird thing. You know, Two words. it takes off. When it comes to the DS, Brain Age. Oh, yeah. I remember I've heard Brain about Age. that. I've heard about My this. mother Age. bought the yeah. game, and she asked to play it on my DS. My, rest your soul, my great aunt mm-hmm. bought a DS. She even bought Mario, too, just for the hell of it. But she bought a DS to play Brain Age. My other aunt also had a DS just to play Brain Age. Did they have Nintendogs or Nintendcats? I think one of them was thinking Those about the big too. I, I, I want to say it's now it's been a very long time and yeah. unfortunately she's not with us anymore. So I can ask her, but I remember her saying last time when I visited her, when she was still playing her DS, she was like, yeah, I'm looking forward. To, I heard about this thing called Nintendogs. That sounds fun. Yeah. Those were pretty popular. And I'm just, yeah. sitting there, I'm just sitting there going, Oh my God, my, my great aunt has a DS and she's playing video games. Yeah. And she and was that, in her 70s at the yeah. time. Same and that's what makes the DS so popular, too. You know, like, just so many, not just, you know, like, the mainline titles and whatnot, but just, like, so many unique games as well. It was a game for everyone, just like the Wii, for the DS. It reached so many different audiences as well, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, what handheld blew you away, bud? I still got to be the original Game Boy. Okay. Nothing comes close. And then that's because I, once, I was, I was at that age. You know, I was at an age where video games in general were blowing were blowing my mind because mm-hmm. i've never seen anything like that in my life and so i played the game gear was impressive because of the color screen and all that and then i thought the psp was impressive when i saw the graphics and things like that uh but having a game boy and, and being able to to play video games like that just blew my it, yeah it absolutely blew my mind yeah nothing else no other experience since then has come close um to the first time i played super mario brothers and the first time I held a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, those those are memories that will stay with you for the rest of time. Oh, Forever. yeah, of course. Forever. <laughs> the console, the handheld that blew my mind is actually very, very recent. 
because mm. um, I mean, I had it. It's not the Nintendo DS because I love because I had a DS. I had a PSP. I yeah. definitely loved my DS more because I was one of those people who thought, oh, the PSP is going to destroy Nintendo this time. Plus, but, Phoenix Wright. Yeah, you guys get the Phoenix. <laughs> For Great me, games. it was like, oh man, what? Oh, also the Kingdom Hearts games were coming out on the DS, mm-hmm. and then of course, Birth by Sleep comes out when my PSP dies and goes off into wherever it went. So I'm <laughs> like, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was trying to, I was trying to tell my parents like, hey, can you buy me a PSP? And they're like, you already have one. Where to go? I'm like, I don't know where it went. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know where it went? Because I, they have a special PSP for Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep was coming out, but thank God mm-hmm. the um, the remastered collection came out for the PS4. But yeah. the console that absolutely blew me away, and I first wrote off thinking this thing is not going to do well, yeah, is the Nintendo 3DS. Yeah, Ooh, this okay. thing. I do. I have one as well, and I like it a lot. It is oh, a great oh yeah. Now that's um, now that one's the new one. But when I first got when I first heard about the Nintendo 3DS, and I was like, hell yeah, a new 3D, a new DS, and the whole 3D thing was it seemed cool. But at the same time, I'm like, this just sounds silly. I don't know about the whole 3D effect. And one of my friends at school bought one, bought one day one. And he brought it to college one day and he was playing it. He was playing Super Street Fighter 4. Yeah. And yeah. I asked him if I, and I was like, do you mind? He's like, go for it. It absolutely blew me away mm-hmm. on how, now, I mean, yes, it's a DS screen, but for me at the time, it was like, holy crap. This is like yeah. a, a, a console game on a handheld and yeah. it looks gorgeous. It looks yeah. absolutely pristine. It yeah. was, to me, it just blew my mind on how clean because the, the Nintendo DS still had it some great. Little, it was it looked good, but it was still kind of blocky. It was still very yeah. polygonal. Um yeah. it's but it's still kind of like doesn't look that doesn't look that good. It looks good, but doesn't look that good. Like I'm I remember playing Kingdom Hearts yeah. 358 Days Over Two, and I'm like, this looks like an N64 game. And sometimes they throw in the PS2 graphics in there for the full motion sure. video. Yeah. yeah, still looks better than you know a real N sixty four. Yeah, but then the DS, the three DS comes out, and I'm just absolutely blew it. That blew me away on how good it looked, and I'm like, yeah, we should need to get three DS. Price drop was announced, and then the nail in the coffin, Ocarina Time three D. Yeah, and, and Majora's, Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask. Yeah, Majora's Mask. Star, Star Fox sixty four. Yep, Star Fox. Um, that's a game I. That's the only game I'll play with the 3D effect on, though. I actually turn it off every time I play a game. I actually, I've been playing a Mario 3D good. Land. Yeah. I've been playing Things 3D matter. Land on my uh, 3DS, and actually, the th- I like the 3D effect. I mean, sometimes yeah. I do turn on, turn off. But with Mario, the Mario 3D Land, it worked well with that game. Like it it did, good. yeah. And it mm-hmm. does look good. Um, you know, I like it, but I'll, oftentimes I'll turn it off because it, it just there was a little bit of the you have to kind of hold it a certain way. Did you guys mm-hmm. find that? Or maybe it's just my eyes. No, but, no. Um, for the original, the original yeah. base model, you definitely had to hold the three when the three no, turned off. You the, definitely had to hold red, it a certain way. If you turn it XL. off, fine. I have a red XL. That's the one. The first one I got. Was and like a, a what's one. so cool about the 3ds? You know, as time went on, there's many different versions. You know, you got you know yep. the regular 3ds, the 2ds, new Nintendo 3ds XL, new Nintendo on DS2 XL, but also different. Yeah. You know, aesthetics, the Pokeball version, the Super Nintendo oh, version, yeah, yeah. the Metroid version, the Pokemon, you know, X and Y version. Like, yo, it's like you get yo, that's cool. <laughs> like seriously, right there. Yeah. Uh, you you yeah. get so many different ways you can experience the 3ds. So that's yeah. that's good marketing right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they've always been on top of that, giving you like a lot of different options and things where you're like, oh, I have to have this, like this, I have to have this version of this handheld. They were good at that. You'd buy multiple, you know, versions of the same console you already have or same handheld you already have. 
because but it's the Zelda edition. Mm-hmm. It's gold, mom. Yeah, that's yeah. what I want. You know? <laughs> that one is really good looking. Yeah, yeah, that one looks great. You know, they they've always been good at that. They they really have. I remember when the game we were talking about Game Boy Pocket when they they were advertising the uh, you know pre order or something like that or put your money mm-hmm. down now and get a limited edition ice blue oh. Game Boy Pocket. That's how they were. Mm-hmm. It was the ice blue, which still looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could get you could get the ice blue if you you know. Uh, if you wanted the limited edition version, but they were just, they were always on top of that. It made kids yeah. want all the different oh, colors and all the different styles. So. Oh Lord, that was, that actually would have been a good question to ask for. Cause I, I had, I have like some questions here to ask you guys about handhelds, but the, the variants for handhelds were so cool. I remember the yeah, one, yeah. The, the variant handheld I would have murdered for <laughs> was, <laughs> uh, was Pokemon gold and silver was the Pokemon okay. variants because they had two versions. It was the, the Pikachu yellow one where like Pikachu's mm-hmm. cheek was the power button. And you yeah, had, I think you, I know. You had like Jigglypuff and yeah, uh, that's right. Hmm. Yeah, you had, you had mm-hmm. Jigglypuff, the starters on the side and Pikachu's cheek was the power. It was that special edition Pokemon one. And they had another one for gold and silver. And I'm like, I want those. And I, and my parents saw, they saw the commercial for it and they're like, no, like the, <laughs> the commercial, <laughs> came, open, no. the commercial came on. They saw I, you start to smile and, get, and turn your head, and they're like, "Don't even, don't." No. <laughs> so here's what happened. I'm watching this. I see the commercial. I go, oh, "My parent, my mom's like, no." <laughs> she already knew no. I can get a word out. Yeah, and she's like, "You already have a Game Boy Color, and you had to beg for that in Singapore. You're not getting another one." Yep. Nope. That's how my parents were like, "Why do you need another? You already have one." Yeah. I'm like, but it's green. You know, or red. <laughs> and you're like, no, <laughs> no, yeah, like with my, with my uh, three, the 3DS that I have, my new, it's a new 3DS model, and I got that solely because of the because it's those 3DS that you can change the face plates on them, and mm. I love the 8 bit mm. design on that, but also I wanted it because a, it's a newer system because I had an original 3DS model, okay. and my original 3DS model just wasn't cutting it. Um, the, yeah, the, the circle pad really were pretty tiny. the circle pad uh, the rubber came off i mean it still worked but the circle pad came off yeah i know because i was playing samus returns mm-hmm. and it was just getting it just felt a little slower yeah. and of course the battery wasn't the best because it's it was the first it was the first yeah. gen system even though yeah. i got it right after the price cut and i'm playing this one and longer battery, newer system, and it's a new one. So now if I want to, I could buy SNES games on here. Because one thing that really got me mad was I couldn't buy SNES games on my first generation 3DS. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you need higher processing power for it. But still, I'm like, yeah, NES games, that's totally fine. But if you want the SNES games, LOL, you have to get the newer one. Yeah. Yeah. What about the 2DS? Did you think that was necessary? Actually, I got that. My first anniversary with my girlfriend, I bought her a 2DS. I'm not a fan of the design of the 2DS. I feel like they still yeah, it, it's it very like yeah, it's very strict. I had one at one point in time. I mean, yeah. it's good for kids, so to speak. You know, if it's, yeah. it's really it's like 80 bucks at the time when it came out. But like, yeah. if you already had you know a 3DS, you really didn't need. Yeah, that. it just seemed like I don't know. I, I I understand that some people are like, well, I just want to play the games. I don't care about 3D. I get that. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, I got a story for you guys about the 2DS. Uh, when me and my lovely girlfriend, when we first got together, mm-hmm. I uh, Super Smash Bros. for the 3DS came out. Yeah. So, of course, I bought it, I played it, and I would go to her house. This is before we started living together. I would go to her house, and she, I told her about it. And she was like, can you bring it next time? So I brought it. And it became a thing where while I was packing up to go to her place, she would text me to remind me 
to bring the 3DS. <laughs> One time I forgot it, and she was this close to sending me back to my house to go get it. Please Damn. go get it. <laughs> Damn. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. she was playing Smash Bros. on it. And at the time I was fine because I was playing um, Super Mario World on my GBA, and she was playing Smash Bros. And she was having an absolute blast. She was playing that, and she was playing Mario Kart. Yeah. And But it got to a point where I'm like, I want to play that. That's my system. <laughs> Because for a yeah. while, my 3DS was my sole video game system. That was the one I had, even though the PS4 was coming out. That was the one I was constantly buying games for because that was the yeah. one the games like interested me. That, And I told her, I was like, you know, if you get a 3DS, we can play Smash Bros. and Mario Kart together. Oh. And she was and, and she was being coy. And she was like, no, I, don't, I think it's going to be wasted on me because I only get those games. I'm like, that's fine because yeah. we can actually play these games together so I yeah. can have your game back. Yeah. <laughs> and then we we were at a Best Buy and they had this like the special um, the special 3DS in, in a color scheme that she liked. It was like a teal and a white one. It was white with teal accents. And yeah. she was like, oh, that looks cool. I'm like, do you want that one? And she's like, I don't know. I was like trying to egg her on. And then I got the hint and was like, okay, I know what to do. First anniversary rolls around. That's there a problem. There you go. I get her, I give her the system and I tell her, I was like, but you have to buy Smash Bros on your own because this was expensive. Right. And she does. She gets Super Smash Bros for 3DS on her own. We play it. We absolutely love it. Yeah. And then we, I got a Switch and we haven't touched her and her 3DS hasn't been touched since. Mm. <laughs> there you go. I guess I guess maybe it's yeah for certain people it's it makes sense. I remember mm. you know them coming out with the Game Boy Micro and being like oh yeah yeah I remember yeah that wasn't a good idea it wasn't yeah. it's just yeah the screen looked nice it did, mm. it had a nice screen but it was small but it was like it's <laughs> already too small but it was like it was tiny yeah it's small I, I've yeah. seen Game Boy Micros before and yeah it's cool but. The thing was when I first heard about the Game Boy Micro, I thought maybe, but then it's like, oh, it only plays GBA games, doesn't no backwards compatibility whatsoever. I'm like, now nah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm right, I don't need it, you know. Yep. Yeah. So when you guys would play your handhelds, where was the your favorite place to play your handhelds? Because I'm weird because I enjoy playing handhelds in my own home, even though when sure. I don't need it. I mean, of course, on long car rides and plane trips, having a handheld game is essential. But yeah. Yeah. I actually find that I probably played most of my handhelds when I was still at home. I think a lot of kids. Yeah, same here. Same here. I think they did. I think it was just the whole portable thing. Like they would always advertise it as like, yeah, you can put it in your pocket and you can go take it to school and blah, blah, blah. And we did that. But I played the majority of my games at home. Like uh, what Ron said, you know, going to bed. Uh, it's time to go to bed and you're, you're still want to play some games. You can turn it on, you know, under your covers or something like that. Like it was a lot of it was just playing around the house or maybe on a, on a porch or on a wherever, just out in your yard, you mm -hmm. could do that. So I played a lot there. Uh, my favorite place to play a game on a handheld. Yeah. was probably just hanging out in my room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah. you also have to think of it as well. You know, if you try to play at school or in a public place, you might lose it. Taken away. Or um, if you try to play in class, you're just going to take it away. Yes. And like I said, if you lose that parents will get mad, then you might not get another one again. So right. playing home is the best choice. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you might get your system back, but the second it goes home, your parents are like, gimme. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> playing home is your yeah. best idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. My, my, favorite, my favorite place to play, I mean, yeah, it would be home because I could be comfortable. But one of the things I knew that I absolutely loved taking my Game Boy was obviously on long car rides, but also when I would go on a plane because my family would take mm -hmm. trips to um, – we, we used to have a house in Brazil, and we would go to Brazil quite a few times 
That's a very long plane ride, especially when we go, especially when times our flight path went the complete opposite direction and we yeah. had an even longer flight from the US to Sao Paulo, which is where we landed. And just knowing that I had a Game Boy with me or my DS or just some form of entertainment, because yeah, yeah, the movies that they give you on the plane can only go so far, especially right. back when I would, when the movies, it was just like five movies, constant loop. And it's like you only watch robots so many times before you're bored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So just for me, having my game, like getting my games and my portable games just ready for the trip, like plugging in, making sure it's charged. And once it's charged, yeah. unplug, packing the controller, making or packing the, the charger, making sure it's there yeah. was just an event. And then when I finally got on the plane and I just sat there and waited. And when the captain said, okay, you, you can uh, turn your electronics on, instantly came out. Yeah. Cool. Ding. And just to not to annoy my neighbors, I turned my volume off, but I was like, cool, I can play my game. Yep. I know it was also this this form of freedom because my parents couldn't tell me no. Oh. It was also the because I'm on a super long (laughs) flight. Yeah. And my parents couldn't say no. Right. I mean, they they could the power. Because I remember on there are times on the car, because th- we got a van once that uh, a few times actually had a TV built inside. And we thought, yeah. oh, yes, we're, we're going to be entertained on long car rides in Montana. There were parts of the trip where my parents said, you're not going to watch the TV. You're going to look outside and enjoy the nature. Oh, wow. You can't mm. do that on a plane. Right. I go see the skies, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, wow. Clouds. Oh, wow. More clouds. Oh, wow. Ocean. Yeah. Can I play my game now? <laughs> because you gotta think as kids, you know, our attention span wasn't that you know that long, and we need something you know, to occupy our time, you know. Right. So, yeah. yeah, especially Absolutely. when I went to when I went to Singapore, like we made sure we had fresh batteries plugged in our Game Boys, and yeah. then what, right before we left, our parents just bought us new batteries just to be safe and slap those suckers in. And it's like, yep, new new battery packs, but we're gonna be, it's a long yeah, flight to back to LA. Now we don't have to deal with the kids; they'll be quiet. Yep, now, yep we'll yeah. be quiet. We don't have to say it, and that's yeah. What happened? We were quiet. We, at least I'm pretty sure we were quiet. I hope we were. And we just, we played Pokemon. We just kept going. I remember it was like a five hour flight from Seoul to Singapore. And I just, essentially, I just played my Pokemon game the entire time. And I was like, looking around, I was like, Dad, are we even close to Singapore? He's like, no, you still got time. I was like, okay, I'm just going to. Right. Ultimate time killer, right? That's what they have before. Yeah. Ultimate time killer. So we talked about. Uh, handhelds that were our least favorites, but what, and we also like sprinkled in throughout our little conversation about handhelds that we wanted, like the Neo Geo Pocket Color and the Virtual Boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there any other handhelds that you guys want now that we're all video game like collectors? Want them now? Yeah, like if we want them, if we see them and we can get them, which ones would you want now? Because I have a few that I didn't even know I wanted, i.e., the Pocket Color, the Neo Geo one. Yeah, I mean, that's I one that s- I want. I, I would say for me, um, the Turbo Express. I would definitely want okay. one of those, but those things are insanely expensive. So I yeah. would say that. Uh, I do want a GBA, but actually a modified one with the mm. battery screen, you know, um, yeah, my own aesthetics and whatnot. I want something like that. So yeah, yeah, that's I th- I agree with Ron because I uh, I would like a Neo Geo Pocket Color, hundred percent. That's one that I definitely want. I do want a Virtual Boy, even though that's a loose, you know, portable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say. I'm at the point now to where I, I do want to experience some of the games that I missed. 
Um, and uh, when they, you know, games that came out before the backlit screen, because I never had a, you know, Game Boy Advance SP or anything like that. I do want one of those, but I want one with a new screen, mm-hmm. uh, with a backlit screen. And I'm okay doing that. I'm as someone who likes to collect, you know, systems and games and everything. I like having originals, but in some cases, if I really just want to play the games, I'm okay with getting something that's been altered or been modified. Um, right. A lot of times I would like to get an original, you know, maybe in box if I can just to have, but yeah. then I think what I would play on would be something like what Ron said, get something on that a seller on Etsy has modified and made given a new screen, new battery, right? New rechargeable battery that lasts a lot mm-hmm. longer and all of that. That sounds like the perfect way to experience this game. So I do want a Game Boy Advance SP that's been modified and a Neo Geo Pocket Color. And that's, that's probably about it. Yeah. I, there's a PSP or a Vita. Oh, I, I, actually, I have a Vita. Uh, we never, we didn't really talk about PlayStation about the PSP or even the PS Vita because my brother gave me his Vita, and I really bummed that I missed out on the Vita because now Vita games are just so hard to find and they're now so stupid expensive. Yeah, they're uh, getting they're, more expensive too. Yeah. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a um someone on Twitter who had a bunch of sealed PSP games, and I am like, hey, do you? And it was a ton of them too, a bunch of extras. I asked him, he's like, hey, do you have how many? how much and they're like oh 40 pounds for this 50 pounds for that i'm like okay i didn't realize these were not the american versions and and also um if my math is right this is a lot more expensive than i thought yeah oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) i think i'll wait what's up unless you want movies remember they used to release movies on psp yeah Yeah, i remember that yeah nobody bought Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i remember those but yeah, for a handheld, um, a handheld that I'm interested in, I don't know if I like outright want. I want to play it first mm-hmm. because I never played it before. I've seen it. I've seen it at trade shows. I've seen it for sale, but I've never touched it and played it. it is an Atari Lynx. Oh, yeah, the Lynx. Yeah. I knew someone back in the days to have one, but um, me playing it, I, I think I played one game. I was Kung Fu for the Atari Lynx, and that was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, it's interesting as a conversation piece. Mm-hmm. Actually, playing it's another story. Um, yeah, it was cool. The Jaguar, it's like the Jaguar, it's the same thing. You don't buy a Jaguar really to play it. You buy it because it's like, I got it. You're right. like, hey, it's I got a common. Jaguar. And then you're, it's like, if you have a Jaguar, you're like, hey, I got a Jaguar. And then you all have a laugh and then you never talk about it again. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of like how it was when the Jaguar came out in the first place. Uh, like Adrian from, from the same way, you know? Adrian Nobody from Archie really Attack, if you're listening to this, sorry. <laughs> What? Damn. A, a, buddy, a buddy of mine from England, um, he was on the show. And he absolutely loves the Atari Jaguar. Jaguar. Hey, I and, get it. And I'm like, and I because I played it, I'm like, dude, yeah. that controller sucks. And he's like, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. It's just bad. That controls yeah. a freaking oh, phone pretty much. <laughs> Jaguar, I feel like, and I totally, we all have our consoles and our systems that we love that nobody else likes. And I get it. The Jaguar is something that I do want to have. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's so interesting to me when they were marketing it as the 64-bit console and yeah. the graphic, when it, the games weren't very good. It did have a few games on it. It's just like the Virtual Boy had a yeah. few games on it that were good games, but they're stuck there, right? Yeah. So they're stuck on the Jaguar where you have to play with this giant controller that was just a hot mess. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, everybody has their their systems that they just unironically really love, you know? Yeah. I could yeah. see the Jaguar being something that somebody would really love. So I get it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But besides the links, yeah. um, also something because I only found this out through a YouTuber and she has like a bunch, like she has an like, entire collection of the games is the Wonder Swan. And I don't know if the Wonder Swan ever came yeah. out here in America. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I know it was it had a following so. in Japan. 
Like the it Wonder did. Swan had to fall in Japan. I saw Wonder Swan live. I'm like, holy shit, they do exist. Yeah. Because uh, it's it's one of those systems, like when you say handheld games, Game Boy, first thing people say. Our circles, people are like, oh yeah, I love the Game Gear. Then it's like, oh yeah, my Nintendo DS is what I grew up on. And some people are like, yeah, I have my DS, but I love my 3DS. And yeah. you find that very small percentage of people who go, Wonder Swan, the Atari Lynx. It's like, yeah. Wow, you had a childhood, and I want to know about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. There was a I did know somebody who bought a um, oh, what was it called? It was that really bad uh, handheld. I, I don't know why we haven't talked about as many bad handhelds here, but oh, you want to talk about oh, that? Right, they're so forgettable. Oh, I know one. They're forgettable. I think it was the Engage. Oh God! Yeah, I know what the Engage, Engage is. Oh my God! A piece of crap and like, i even mentioned phones at the beginning of this stupid show and we never even talked about what... <laughs> oh, Lord. i mean oh, there's God. not to be fair there's not a lot to say about it because it was just so bad okay. and there, the games on it were they ran poorly nobody bought them that's the thing like nobody has nope. i don't have any personal experience with it but I've same here i've not seen videos that. of people playing it and i'm like that's bad that's real bad not only just that real. but to change the games for the end gauge it was so poorly designed yeah. you had to t to change a, a video game from an end for an end gauge cell phone you had to take the actual back cover off you had to remove the battery mm. and yeah. then take the game card out and switch it in and then put the battery back in and That's then so the cover back on. The design is so bad wow. yeah, there was, was bad. i mean maybe a later model had actual a port like a control like a, a game card port for it yeah. but i that's like Design 101 is an yeah, well, they easy the mark place on a lot of things with that thing. I mean, if you're talking about portable games, like holy shit, um, Game Boys, games go here. Simple, you know. That's easy. Nintendo, the Nintendo DS, <laughs> game cards for this my new one. Game cards go there. Oh god. Easy to get. Easy access. Like but no, hold on. Weird cell phone. Hold on, hold on. All right, so I got another one for y'all. Okay. We talk about Tiger, right? The GameCom. Yeah. Oh, oh that one. Yeah, that is a good one to bring up. I do that remember. Okay. Some people <laughs> called it. Didn't they call it the game dot com too? Yes. Yeah. It people called game com or game dot com. Oh, I watched a Man, YouTube video about worked. the about the game about the game dot com, and I was oh, like, God, oh, what? At it again. It, it was a PDA mixed with a game console, and they were showing commercials for it from back in the yeah. late 90s. I don't know if I ever saw it. And then it was like, this thing has more games than you have brain cells. I'm like, oh, yeah, what is wrong with like, you? Let's Mark? insult wow. our customers. Maybe that'll get them on our Yeah. Side. Yeah, let's um, be the, no, that the was hard a bad one. one. Yeah. And, and, and the wild thing of... No, go ahead. And, go ahead, Ron. And the wild thing about the GameCom, they have some, you know, popular franchises like Mortal Kombat, Duke Nukem, Resident Evil, Batman, yeah. and Robin. But, like, yeah. it's just the execution just wasn't there. Those games were, like, no. were not all that. Nope. I will say, I do want to shout out one more console. It, well, I don't know if this counts, guys. Hmm. But I do hmm. want to bring it up, and I don't know. I, there's a little bit of a story, not, not a long one. But when I was in sixth grade, so I want to say like 1995, right? 96, maybe. 95, 96. A kid showed up to class and had what looked like, we were talking about PDAs, right? Looked like kind of like a little, what do you call it? Uh, those uh, electronic planners that people would get. Mm-hmm. So they had like, you know, had like calculator, had a number pad and you could flip it up and he was playing with it. And I was like, what is that? And then I looked over and I looked more closely and saw the Sega logo. And I was like, what is that? And he was like, yeah, it's the IR 7000. And I said, hmm. what is an IR 7000? Never heard of it. If you guys never heard of the Sega IR 7000, oh, I'm about to blow your mind. Oh, so no. 
I don't know where mine is. I've got it in storage somewhere. Otherwise, I would have brought it up here, but you can maybe Google it. But it was a personal like uh, planner. It had a calendar. It had a world clock and it had a game that used infrared to play against your friends. So you'd have a game where it was called like brain brain drain or something. And you would have your character and your friend would have his IR 7000 because I bought one. Two or three of us in class did buy one. I got one at Toys R Us, saved up to get it so I could have one. Um, and you would point it to another friend's and you press the button and it would send your attack, whatever your attack was. And then they would get it. It's almost like Battleship in a way. Mm. And mm. you would play that way. But it had it was just like a personal communication device that you could use. And nobody talks about it. Nobody ever brings it up. A lot of people don't even know that it existed. Oh. But it is a super cool, if you're interested in handhelds that are off the beaten path a little bit, um, I would definitely look up Google the Sega IR7000. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. You just gave me something for Twitter for Retros with the Pharaoh because I've never seen it before until you just said something totally, about man. it. Yeah, really? if you ever want to talk about it, let me know. I got plenty of memories with that thing. That was I'm cool. trying to find it because yeah. I have the, the game console book and I'm trying I, to find it. In it here. might not even be mentioned in there. I don't think so because yeah. there's 3DO, there's the... Oh, there's the Mega Duck. Oh, that was only in um, that was only in Europe. Um, yeah, it was something that I'd never had seen advertised. I had never seen it mentioned in a magazine, and I got game magazines all the time. But it was just because a kid showed up at school with one, and that's how it spread. And so a few other people, we all started getting them, and a bunch of us had these IR seven thousands, and that that's why I just wanted to bring it up because like this I, is no one ever talks about it. This is freaking obscure because again, Isn't I have cool? never seen this. It's cool, <laughs> for right? real. It's very obscure, and I do. I have to go find mine. Um, it probably needs a new watch battery, I'm sure. Hey guys, but, I got another uh, random console that you probably don't remember. Do you guys remember the Gizmondo from 2005? Hmm. Let me Google it first and look at it. Yeah, you. hold on, Gizmondo. Hold on. I know the name. <laughs> oh man, it kind of sounds oh. familiar, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, I never had one. Never saw one in person. Yeah, I remember uh, hearing something about this that apparently the the company, because the company that made the Gizmondo went under so hard, and also they had ties to the yeah. Swedish mafia, because it oh, was wow. so. This this is what the Gizmondo looked like. This thing right here, Ron. This guy. Oh wow! Okay. It's uh, this black, this like black looking thing that had where the buttons are the play, yeah. stop, fast forward, and rewind buttons. And it yeah. was just, it, it came out in in 2005 or something around there for yeah. $400. No, thank you. And it was wow. like, oh, not only is this a multimedia machine, but also you can play games on it. And it was just hot garbage. This thing failed yeah. so hard. Right. By, by the time that thing came out, the DS was already on the way pretty much. Yeah. yeah. The, DS was, the DS was already out and thriving. Oh, yeah. It was already out and doing its thing at that yeah, time. DS, DS there, was, was there were a lot of companies that tried to get on the uh, portable market and just came and went with a whimper. Just nobody, oh, yeah. you know, you couldn't compete with Nintendo or much less to a much less degree Sony mm -hmm. uh, once PSP came out, but still there. You know, they had that market kind of cornered. So there were a lot. If you go and there's a YouTube channel, I can't remember the name of it, but they they review a lot of those handhelds like the Engage and the the Gamecom, and um, it's just funny to to go and actually look at some of these that were just like there were interesting ideas here, and it was also around the time when cell phones were starting to get. You know, I had like a flip phone, mm -hmm. and the games on there were very simple, right? There wasn't much to them, but you would all I had was Tetris. 
I convinced yeah. my parents to to let, allow me to purchase Tetris on my phone. Yeah, because I did. <laughs> yeah. I would just play the demo constantly, and because I had a, a like an LG flip phone, and playing Tetris on there was actually yeah. fine. I mean, it worked. Yeah. And oh I, yeah. And Simple I, games, yeah, but when you buy Spider Man on a flip phone, you're in. No, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was like here for twelve dollars. You know, when I could barely afford my phone bill back then. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I really want to play Spider Man. Um, but yeah, that there were a there was like a weird transition period there where a lot of people were trying to kind of like release their their different versions of the console, and then you know, then we get to something like the Ouya. That oh, was yeah. it's uh, that was you know we we got past that, and and now it just seems like. You don't see a lot of other handheld consoles anymore at all. No companies no. are trying to dip into that market. Well, now we're, we're kind of winding down on, on the on, on the conversation, but mm -hmm. I do want to ask you guys, now that the Switch is essentially the king of handhelds because it's the only handheld that's being that's being produced, because let's be honest, the Switch is a hybrid console. It is a home yep. console and it's also a handheld. Yep, it is. It's also right. a handheld. And Nintendo has had an iron grip on the handheld business since the Game Boy. No yeah. one else has compared to how popular and how well made those games and systems are. Yeah. So with and now with mobile games being a thing, because I played Sonic CD on my phone, I played it and I beat yeah. it, and it works very well. And now with certain phones, you can put emulators, you can put so many things. I remember Hyperkin had yeah. like a, a a Game Boy attachment to it that apparently doesn't work very well. Yeah. What do you think the future of handheld gaming is going to be like now that Nintendo oh. has the Switch and they're not? Hmm. Let's be real, they're not going to make handheld consoles like soul. Like we're never going to see anything like the 3DS no. ever. No. Now with the Switch being what it is, we're never going to see a soul Nintendo. There's not going to be two Nintendo consoles. You got the handheld, you got the oh. home console. There's never going to be that again. What do you think I, the future is going to be like? I, to be honest, I, I and I'll again this. This may be blasphemous, but, but there's people out there like me. I know I have a switch. Mm. I love my switch, mm -hmm. but that switch does not come out of the dock. Yeah, me either. <laughs> and I'll tell Very you why. Well, me. Uh, well, there's a few reasons for that. I nothing. There are a lot of people that like. I will play it on dock. I once in a while, I'll be like, you know, I kind of want to just play something and whatever. But it doesn't feel comfortable for me personally to play games that way. I like to play with the elite controller, mm -hmm. um, and, or the pro controller, whatever they call it. I can't remember, but um, I like to play it on my TV. That's how I've always liked to play my Nintendo, my Nintendo games if I can. I do like that I can take it off the dock if I want to and take it somewhere else, right? If I have to go on a trip or if I want to take it to my sister's house and let the kids play with it, I can do that. I appreciate that. I think it's good to have the option. And I think Nintendo knows that. They were dominating the console space for a long time. They were When they weren't dominating the console space, then they were dominating the handheld space, Right. So when other consoles weren't doing so well, they were dominating here. Now that they've put that together, I don't see them ever changing from this for, or for a long time because I see the next console they make, regardless of it being an update of what they're doing now, is going to be another version of what they've just done mm -hmm. uh, because they corner both of those markets. There are a lot of people that only play their Switch undocked. Right. You know? you so know. it's one or the other. So why not? You can have the best of both worlds and it's one mm -hmm. product. And also, you, uh, what do you think? Also, to pick about what Pat was saying as well, you know, let's say if you want to play on handheld, you got the Switch yeah. Lite, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's actually a good alternative, also much cheaper. So that's right. Uh, when it's all said and done, I think it's going to be going, you know, the same as before, you know, just being a hybrid-based, um, you know, yeah. console market. Because, again, you know, when console, when handheld game first came out, you know, it was a way, you know, to play, you know, 
half-size games on the go. But yeah. nowadays, in the way you know we see games nowadays, you know, with bigger graphics and whatnot, we want that console experience in the palm of our hand. So it's like bringing them you know, a certain kind of part market, you know, to the mainstream console market, so to speak. You know, yeah. so it's gonna be the same thing, but they'll also you know release yeah. other variations of it though. You know, like, yeah. like yeah, I said, switch will. lights coming out and all that models coming already out. So yeah. Yeah, I don't it, yeah, it doesn't make sense for them. I think Nintendo has always done well with their their quirky way that they do things and trying to set, you know, not not trying to compete with Xbox and PlayStation and PC. They don't they don't try anymore to compete with that. They just make their too. games, <laughs> they do their thing, which is what works for them. And I think it would be kind of silly for them to say, well, now we're separating them again. Now you have the home beastly console that can go up against Xbox. Why would they want to do that? They don't need to do that. They can just make one with, console do everything. With the, the amount of people who were, myself included, who just got so hyped about what the Switch is. Like, we talked about yeah. gimmicks earlier, especially because Nintendo, in the video game, in video games now, Nintendo is the king of gimmicks. The 3DS, oh, yeah, of course. it's a gimmick. The they execute them the well. Yeah. yeah, the motion controls for the Wii, it's a gimmick. Virtual yep. Boy, it's a gimmick. However, Nintendo works very well with gimmicks. They do. And the main gimmick for the Switch is the fact that you can literally just take this thing off the dock. Like, because I have played my PS, my, uh, my, I almost call it my PlayStation, my, my Switch off the dock before. Yeah. I do it when Fanny wants to watch Netflix. When yeah, she yeah. has, or she's want, she's watching something on her TV, or she's playing Animal Crossing. And I want to play PlayStation. She just takes it off the dock. She prefers playing Animal Crossing handheld. I mean, she yeah. plays it on the TV, of course. There you go. Mm-hmm. But now that Nintendo has done this, and the fact that it is, I mean, yes, it is vastly underpowered compared to the PlayStation Four, the Xbox One, and right. we're not even going, not even close to the PS Five. But the fact that you can play true console games on the go. Yeah. It's just so Nintendo set a new standard for themselves that I feel that whatever the new generation console is going to be, if they come out with a Switch 2 or whatever the hell it's going to be called, if they don't include that functionality, it's good. We're going to see something like maybe what happened with the GameCube or even the Wii U, abysmal yeah. sales on their new console. And then we'll think after facts like, yeah, it doesn't have this amazing feature that the previous generation did. But it still had good games because Nintendo always brings their A game when it comes to their first party titles. Oh yeah, of yeah. course. And um, also as well, you know, let's say if handheld games actually just die out, so to speak, you know, they yeah. still have the game watch consoles. You still, you can yeah. still, you know, have those. Uh, let's say, let's say it's like new Nintendo consoles will come back out or something like that. You know, yeah. they can, you know maybe release you no know, game, you no know, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, you know, games on their actual modern consoles. So yeah, it's coming in like anything like. Are we just like, like, like another, you know, 3DS? Not so much, but like at least, you know, keeping the old school, you know, games alive for a modern audience. I think this is going to do that at least, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it. You look at how much money they save when back in the day it was you have to pay a development team to make the full version of a game and then also the handheld version of the game, right? Yeah. Which they, it could be in the same vein or it could be a completely different game entirely. And you'd have, yeah. they would have to pay for that. Now that you just make one game mm-hmm. and that's it. You, you, allocate all of your your development costs into one one game you, metroid uh, dread is a is a great example because you don't have back when uh metroid prime came out with metroid prime on gamecube metroid fusion on on gba that was a good time when they had two different teams making two different games and releasing metroid at the same time where you can get the handheld version and then you can get the gamecube version and hey even back then you could play them together they had functionality together they did um you could get the metroid fusion suit suit in prime which I thought was super cool. So they, yeah, they've always done this, but now they've got it. And they did 
to be fair, they did attempt this with the Wii U because you could play the tablet away from the console. It would lose yeah. signal if you went to the other side of your house, but it would still work. But yeah. still, you're, you're, you're playing you're playing a yeah. game on your Wii U. Yeah. That was once again, it was like the Wii U was a prototype for the Switch. I want to say it was. It was, it was. <laughs> because one of the one thing I loved about that, and I've actually had to deal with this in my house growing up, is I'm playing games. Dad comes home, he wants to watch the Dodgers. I have to find a safe point quick, and then yep. we're watching baseball. But then, I mean, I love the Dodgers. I love baseball. But there are times where, I, when I was a kid, I really want to play my game. So I would just yeah. grab. Yeah. I would watch the page. I would have the game in the background. But I'm playing Pokemon on my Game Boy, even though I wasn't playing my PlayStation anymore. That's one of With my the... favorite ways to play handhelds, man, is to watch TV. Like I was the most recent time that I was playing a handheld. I was playing my 3DS. I was playing a DS game. I was playing uh, uh, Castlevania um, Dawn of Sorrow. Mm-hmm. And I was. it's been one of my first playthroughs of the game, all right, the whole way through. And I've just been watching Netflix, playing my game, but having it on in the background. I kind of like that. Having something on in the background and playing a uh, playing a game, and you can do that really well with your Switch or with you know a DS, and it's just that kind of comforting thing for me. Because I, as a kid, when I played Game Boy, it was usually when my dad was watching TV or somebody was doing something else, and you just kind of have that stuff going on in the background. It kind of takes you back a little bit. I don't yeah, know. Maybe it's a weird nostalgic feeling, but it's nice. Yeah, definitely does. And even now that Nintendo's not making Soul handhelds, I think the Game and Watches are a very they're nostalgia traps. Oh yeah, for sure. I like I don't need the Super Mario Bros. Game Watch. I got it because it's a historical thing, because it's like, hey, here's an homage to our original handhelds pre-Game Boy. And right. a lot of gamers today, a lot of people who are growing up and like the, the generation that is like I call them the 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 GameCube generation, the ones who it's like their first console was a GameCube. Unlike us, our first consoles were SNES or an uh, N64. And it's like, oh, what the heck is a game of watch? And then they do the research and like, oh, this was before yeah. that brick. And it was yeah. just and, <laughs> and Nintendo playing these out, I really enjoy, but they're just little nostalgia traps. I mean, you can play the Legend of Zelda yeah. and Zelda 2 on your Switch, no problem with the Nintendo Switch online. Yep. But still having that, and I for me now that is just targeting me because I love history, I love video game histories, and getting yeah. those that also have versions of Game of Watch games loaded onto them is perfect. Yeah, and I hope Nintendo does more. Like, I would have been super excited if they came out with a Metroid version of the game. No, seriously, I was just thinking about that too. I would love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people online are like, "Where the heck is the Metroid version?" Because I would totally get it. if they come out with new Game and Watches and they keep doing what they're doing, I would easily buy these. Like, hands down. Like, if they come out with a Donkey Kong version of one, <laughs> I'm like, that will really take, sell. Take Ooh, my man. money, Nintendo. Damn. Yeah. And we can yeah, go uh, about this. Oh yeah, we, we can't, but, but unfortunately we cannot. So I, I think that'll be a, I think that'll be a good place to end it. So gentlemen, yeah. thank you so much for coming back on. This, no this was an absolutely this was an absolute blast. Yeah, thanks for the combo, guys. I always like talking about this stuff. So oh, yeah, same yeah. here. Appreciate you having me. That's why the show's the show exists, my friend. <laughs> so now we come to the end of the show. Ron, where can people find you on the internet? All right. Uh, first and foremost, um, Ben, I want to say I appreciate you having me. It's definitely an honor. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Ron Nefaro. I stream every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 3 p.m. Central. Uh, Friday, 12 p.m. Central. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter, same name, Ron Nefaro. So if you want to talk about some retro games, you know, um, just hang out, have a good time. <laughs> Stop by. Stop by. Yeah. 
definitely because like, this guy posts a lot of good retro stuff and we've Appreciate actually you. had a few good conversations on twitter like he posts something he's like oh damn i remember that even when <laughs> i was just talking about how yeah. i would like to play leonardo on turtles and a few minutes later i get dms like yo so when we play i'm like I was just doing adding to the conversation, but shit, I'm okay. Like I said, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, like I said, Donatello. Just saying. Hey, hey man. See, I'm a Raphael guy, but I appreciate some Donatello. We got three out of the four. We just yeah. need a Michelangelo. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll tell you, Ron, if you ever decide to do something with the IR7000, you let me know. All right. I'm asking, I'll make a post based on it in a few minutes, too. So, yeah. Dude, it's such a cool thing. I still um, need to find that. Now, Patrick, where can people find you on the internet? On the internet, they can find me. I'm most active with, obviously, I'm part of a, a two-part podcast. Uh, my co-host, Jay, who's not here uh, at the moment. But uh, we we, uh, we have the Retro Blast podcast um, on Twitter. You can find us at Retro Blast US. Instagram, the Retro Blast podcast. Find us on there. We're, we're most active on Twitter. That's where we like to kind of hang out with the community and make posts. And we do a lot of... Um, uh, you know, uh, conversations around, you know, pieces in our collection and ask people questions. We love to kind of just chat with people about games and uh, find out more about, you know, what people are playing retro games currently, right? That's what we kind of stick to. Um, and we have a new episode coming out soon with a special guest host that I will reveal at a, at a time later. Uh, but we're closing in very soon on episode 20 and we're super excited about that. So, yeah. So once again, uh, when, cause I remember the first time I had you on the show, we talked about Pokemon. It, it's, it's, I'm waiting. I know, man. Ben, you will you will know. You will know when it's time. <laughs> no, because I was listening to you guys your Pokemon Snap episode when it first came out, and I'm like, man, uh-huh. he's just teasing us. I know. He really wants a full Pokemon episode, but he's teasing us with this Pokemon Snap stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You're, you're teasing me, but I'm just because I remember you said you never played Pokemon. Jay's never played Pokemon before. That was my end. Jay and I. That was our both of our first Pokemon game ever, and like one of our only Pokemon games. And here so that's I why am. it's so interesting to talk about it. Yeah, and here I am, who practically grew up with the series. I'm mm-hmm. anxious. By the time we're recording this, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are coming out this Friday. Yes, I got my pre-order. Oh, you can bet your butt that's coming out Friday, then. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, the remakes of Diamond and Pearl from the DS. Yeah, Gen Four remakes. I did not know that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're coming. They're coming yeah. out on the Switch. They're coming to Switch. Yeah, they're coming to Switch. Yep. Nineteenth. I already got my own pre-order. You guys look so excited. I can see it in your faces. Oh, yeah. As soon as you started oh, yeah. saying that, you both were like, oh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> which one are you, are you getting? Um, I Well, here's the thing. My, my, one of my mods, he actually both of them. Oh. Yeah, my mod got me both of them as a gift. So, well, yeah. you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, mean, I didn't uh, pay for it. Look, I'm, I'm just waiting because I, I don't have a pre-order in because, well, Pokemon, it's not hard to find. The second that game comes out, it's like you just go to the store, boop, you got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I'm waiting because luckily I have a week off work, but that's coming out the tail end of my week off work. So that weekend, guess what I'm playing? Brilliant Diamond. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm getting. Yeah, that's that's definitely what I'm getting. So whoever has Shining Pearl, you maybe we can trade. You guys enjoy. Sounds like and like you know what's you know the most interesting thing too. You know whenever you know remakes come out for Pokemon, they just blow the original out the water for the most part. Like you know um. Soul Silver, Fire Red, Leaf Green, Heart Gold, Soul Silver, Omega Root Fire, Alpha Sapphire. They oh, just yeah. take the original and just you know just flip them on their head you know mm-hmm. so i'm really looking forward to see how gen 4 remake's gonna turn out i'm looking forward to it people have been saying some they've been s- talking some smack about the art style but i think the art style in brilliant diamond and shining pearl looks absolutely adorable you know people are, they don't like change you take no, the they thing they love and you change it a little bit and they're like that's not the thing i remember you know it still pays homage to the original diamond and pearl it's just you know yeah. a different you know look that's all it is like not it's every you know 
It's just cleaner. <laughs> That's and, it. Yeah. Yeah. The original Diamond Pearl, they were just still sprites. They barely yeah. moved. I like they look like crap. Moved. Like I people talk trash. Like yeah, people talking trash about you know um Sword and Shield. I mean that's the first console based Pokemon game. It looks really good. It's that's not meant like you know Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Okay. I mean I, I'll be one of those people. Okay. I like I have Sword. I really enjoy it. But there was a time that the second I beat the Elite Four, I didn't go out. I do did a post game stuff. But that's Sword and Shield. That's a different. That's a different conversation. Diamond and Pearl is different because that's a remake. Whereas Sword and Shield was a brand new one and they didn't do anything like. Kind of different they added a few new things here and there which was cool yeah. but that's a con- that's our pokemon conversation that's gonna happen <laughs> lord knows when probably after this guy finishes his his episode and we're probably gonna have a giant panel for that one but anyways you definitely follow these these two awesome guys on the internet they are totally a, like watch run on twitch listen to the retro blast podcast and of course you can find me personally on the internet at ben magnet 27 on instagram and twitter I'm also a co-host of the Fake Nerd Podcast. You can find that anywhere podcasts are listening to Stitch, Google Play. We do live shows on YouTube. That's going on. And also, uh, if you're listening to this, this is the first time I'm officially announcing it on the show. We have our own dedicated um, audio feed. Now, you don't have to go oh to the Fake Nerd Podcast to find us. Base Marcade Pause Menu has its own dedicated feed. It's been up for a while. The two brand new episodes came up <laughs> without me saying that, but it's there. Good yeah, deal, I'm, man. I'm pretty sure you're listening to it on this one. So yeah, hit a uh, five-star review, leave a like and all that's jazz. Of course, we're still here on the Fake Nerd Podcast YouTube channel. You can find all of our stuff there, fakenerdpodcast.com to links to our Patreon, our Public, all the good stuff there. Like and subscribe. You know the drill. Ron, thank you so much. Patrick, thank you so much for coming back. Once again, can't wait to have you guys back on. It's always a pleasure talking to you guys and just talking about games in general. It's so much fun. Oh yeah, most definitely, man. Appreciate you having me. Good to meet and, you, and Ron. Same it, man. Same it. Yeah. Seriously, anytime. You guys just want to come on and just shoot the shit for a while, you know who to hit up. <laughs> Got it. Most definitely. Got gotcha. you. <laughs> That's good, man. Awesome. Thanks again. Now, of course. And for now, let's go back to playing handheld games and unpause. Unpause.